he's like, I can't Jedi mind trick Watto, and he won't take my Republican dollars. So I'm going to leave and hope he chases after me. I think that was like this. <laughs> Watto's too woke to take my money. <laughs> Republic, sorry. <laughs> He's like, I voted for Bernie. Welcome to the 14th episode of Partial Recall. Misa called Dan Dan Twix. (laughs) (laughs) I'm one of the hosts. (laughs) (laughs) I'm here with my friend Yishai, uh, the other of the hosts. Uh, you should, why don't you tell people what this podcast is about? <laughs> uh, uh, this podcast, uh, which if you haven't guessed by now, uh, this episode will be about uh, Star Wars, uh, is a podcast about movies that we've seen as kids that we only sort of remember, uh, or in this case, uh, for Daniel, I think he'll remember all of it very well. Uh, and so in the first half of the episode, we talk about uh, the movie, we try to recreate it from memory, and... Um, and then we break, watch the movie, and then come back to talk about what we got right, what we got wrong, and if it held up. Uh, and as we go, we are also trying to to determine uh, the canon for what we're going to share with our kids uh, from our childhood that's actually worth their time and not hook. Um, and, and I, I think this movie, at least for me as a um, I'm, nerd, saddest thing for me, no. It's not the saddest thing in my life. I lived in New York on September 11th. It's not. This is not the saddest thing in my life. <laughs> a sad thing in my life recently is that I can no longer, in an uncomplicated way, call myself a Star Wars fan. It feels loaded. Um, yeah. <laughs> Did you just try to say the saddest thing in your life that you experienced yes. in your life is that they've like commodified Star Wars so no, much? Not that. It's more that like the the sad part is not that Star Wars became a commodity. I'm not sad that there's like a million shows or whatever. I'm more sad by like the state of the discourse around Star Wars. Like in it's okay way. to not like a Star Wars movie. It's okay to like a Star Wars movie that other people don't like is how it should be. And it is not sort of how it is online. Um, If you say that you like The Last Jedi, you're an idiot. If you say that you don't like The Last Jedi, you're a misogynist who, uh, I don't know, hates whatever. And like, it can be true both ways. Like, you can like it and be a totally normal person and you can hate it and be a totally normal person and it's exhausting and that is the exhausting part of Star Wars fandom. But in any case, I am a Star Wars fan. I've always been a Star Wars fan uh, since You're I saying was the, like a tiny child. But like calling myself a Star Wars fan is still loaded feeling to me. Okay. You're saying the internet is like being irrational about something. That's it's pretty unusual. Like it's a hot uh, take. Yeah, I've not <laughs> not heard that before. Well, okay. So what how but did anyway, you so how did the you point is, as a Star Wars fan, this is a real question. Like the the movies that we introduce to our kids, right? This is the thing that I have thought about a lot 
even before the sequel trilogy, like which movies and in what order am I introducing Star Wars to my children? Yeah. Right. And like before I even had children, before I had a girlfriend, like that was always this question, right? Like what is the right best order to introduce them? And like, which movies do you need to introduce them to? Because there are a lot of people who say that you don't really need to include this particular movie that we're talking about today. Uh, yeah. So like that's for me, this is a, 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 the angle that I'm going to look at specifically is like trying to figure out uh, how this fits in the introduction of star Wars as well. Um, because I think that that's sort of the interesting star Wars specific um, view that you can take. Like, I don't think there are very many movies where you can have that specific conversation. So, right. I hear that. Uh, but how did you uh, like become a giant Star Wars fan? So this is another one of those movies that I don't remember seeing for the first time. I just remember having seen. Um, I was obsessed as a child, like from five or six, obsessed with Star Wars. So like if we went to a bookstore, I would buy like, I have like three or four Star Wars encyclopedias in my parents' house, which is just like, lists of different spaceships and blasters and weapons and like what they do. They're literally just like Wikipedia, but printed for uh, in-universe stuff. And this is something you just- And I would just read them cover to cover. But you just picked up on this. You were just like, you felt it in the zeitgeist, like Star Wars is like a popular thing. You're like, that's my thing. Like, this is a cool thing. Like your parents weren't really into it, your older brother or like- So like, obviously my parents showed it to me, but like it was never, when we were born- Return of the Jedi was two years old. Right. We were in between the saga. And like by the time I was seven, let's say 1990, like there's there's Star Wars stuff. Like there's Star Wars video games and there's Star Wars books. But like there's no new movies. There's nothing like in the air. There aren't even really – like there are toys. There's always toys, right? But like I think a large part of it was just I just loved the movies. I didn't have other friends who were Star Wars nerds. Yeah. My like – my Star Wars fandom at that age was pure. I, that's why I made that noise. <laughs> right? It wasn't at all like, oh, I'm doing this because other people are doing it. I want to fit in. It was like, I didn't have any friends that were into Star Wars. Right. To the point that like, I bought a Star Wars role-playing game, which was like a take on Dungeons and Dragons kind of thing, but in the Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. And I made my mom learn how to play it with me because like, I didn't have any friends <laughs> who would do it. <laughs> And that's she sad. Was not that's, into it. that's sadder than how you feel about your relationship with Star Wars now. <laughs> like, that's the saddest thing that's happened in your life. <laughs> uh, but it's true. Like I, I just it just struck me like, like some lightning bolt. Like I saw Star Wars and I was just like, "This is it." Like, uh, like dark, like force like, lightning bolts. Yeah, force lightning bolts. Yes, yeah, like Emperor Palpatine in there. It is. That's his in name. his throne room. Just yeah. force lightning me. Uh, the dead speak. About, yeah, no. But what about you? <laughs> uh, what, what's your connection? So I, I don't know that I. Uh, I was not a big Star Wars fan. Like when when this movie came out, I was excited about it because it was like an exciting cultural moment. And it was like our chance to have our star Wars. Uh, I'm not entirely convinced that I saw 
the original trilogy like before I saw You these. probably saw them in the 1997 theatrical re-release. I don't think I did. the special editions. I don't think I, I certainly never saw it in theaters. If I saw really? it, it would have been like borrowing someone's VHS or like maybe even like a TV edit version. But like, like I knew like, you know, like Luke, I am your father and like that kind of stuff. But like, I, I didn't like know the plots of those movies. Well, like, huh? Yeah. So funny. Yeah. So I, I saw those movies in theaters. I was so excited to be able to see my favorite movies in the seat, in the theater. Like, uh, and then when this movie came out, I was like, it's I've, a never, I've literally never been more excited for anything. My my mom agreed. The movie came out on a Tuesday. I believe it was like April 19th, 1999. Maybe it was April 26th or something like that. If you have the facts, like the exact day that this movie came out. Uh, but it was in April 1999. May 6th. May. May? May 16th and then May 19th. There were two release dates. Uh, okay. So I got the I got the months. But I got, you got the, the days, right? Month, yeah. But it came out on a Tuesday, I remember specifically. Um, and my mom agreed that I didn't have to go to school that day. I could take the day off from school to go see this movie. I like the first available screening. That's awesome. That she could get me into. That's like, so this uh, was like far and away the most excited I've ever been for anything. So May 16th was a Sunday. So then May 19th would have been a Wednesday. Tuesday. I guess, yeah, I guess maybe you saw it on Tuesday night. I don't know. I'm not trying to. Uh, no, maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong about these dates. They're like so. I thought it was a Tuesday. Maybe it was a Wednesday. May yeah, May nineteenth was the wide release date. So yeah, Wednesday. So whatever you skipped oh, school. It was it was probably midnight Tuesday night for right. kids who weren't twelve or thirteen or whatever. <laughs> right. And then right. yeah, so I saw it Wednesday. That's what it is. God, I got every date wrong in my perfect recollection. <laughs> That's uh, the only thing you're going to get wrong. Start. It's fine. You needed to have some kind uh, of the sense best of partial part of this recall. This movie is when Darth Vader chops Jar Jar Binks in half. <laughs> I uh, wish. Um, or do you? Um, uh, yes. Uh, yeah. So no. Um, why don't you tell us some facts about the movie since I'm getting them all wrong? <laughs> um, okay. So this movie was released. Uh, yeah, May 16th in Los Angeles, May 19th widely. Uh, directed by George Lucas, written by George Lucas. I don't think that's like a uh, surprise to anyone. Independent uh, film, independently financed by George Lucas. Uh, is that That's true, right? Like Because he wanted yeah. to do it his own way. Um, well, yeah, he sold the toy rights in advance to right. fund the movie. He was like, I'm going to... It's funny because like, you know, he's obviously justified in so far as like he made a like shitload of money, but like he probably could have used in in my general understanding of like some input into this so it wouldn't have just been like as navel gazy anyway it stars I, yeah i think there's an element of and this will definitely end up talking about in the second half but i think there's an element of like even if there was someone like a studio note person god i keep bringing up the worst people but like <laughs> you think about like jk rowling the first non-harry like the harry potter books just got longer and longer and longer with time right, right. And you just have to imagine at a certain point, there just isn't an editor who's willing to tell her no. Right. Because right? she checked it out. Like, even if there was a studio executive who's like overseeing Star Wars, like they're not going to have any power. Right. That's fair. Right. Like, and That's they're fair. not going to use it. But like someone could have been like. definitely don't want to be the guy who's like, do we really need R2-D2? Right. But someone should have been like, should, do we need 45 minutes of like floating Senate scenes or whatever? Uh Anyway, so it stars Liam Neeson, Ewan McGregor, Natalie Portman, 
Jake Lloyd. Is that the kid? I guess that's the kid, right? <laughs> that's, that's, that's young Anakin. Uh, Ian McDermid. And I should go down to actually say who these people are. Uh, Ian McClellan. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let me take two. Uh, Liam Neeson as Qui-Gon Jinn, who is a Jedi master who discovers Anakin. I should stop reading that. Uh, Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're reading what the movie is about? No, no, no. Sorry. Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi. Natalie Portman as Padme. Jake Lloyd as Anakin. Uh in quotes, Annie Skywalker, uh, Ian McDermott as Palpatine, Ahmed Best as Jar Jar Binks, Anthony Daniels as the voice of C-3PO, Kenny Baker yeah. as R2-D2, uh, Pernilla August as Shmi Skywalker, Frank Oz as the voice of Yoda. Uh, there's so many people in this movie. Samuel Jackson, you know, Mace Windu, Ray Park, Our Connection, Darth Maul, uh, Kieran Knightley. Oh, interesting. Uh, whatever. So many people. So That's many people want to be. You don't remember what happens in this movie. Yeah. So many people want to be in this movie, uh, as they should. It was a really big movie. Uh, it was 133 minutes long, and it had a budget of $150 million and made a cool $1.027 billion. So, you know, George Lucas can just tell me to, you know, eat shit because, like, yeah, he needed an editor, but he did fine. So, you know, he wanted to do his own thing. Um, that is the the details of the movie. So you uh, you just kind of told your recollection of seeing it. So you skipped school on Wednesday to go see it with your, your mom. Yep. You're like, you're like mom, would you finally stop <laughs> playing the board game and go see the movie? Uh, so I remember going to see this Not a board movie. game. Not a board game. <laughs> oh, sorry. A a tabletop role-playing game with yeah, dice, yeah. and you have to make up the story, and you have to draw character sheets, and you have to do the whole thing. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, I saw it um, in theaters with my friend and his mom. Uh, or no, his mom drove us there. But here's the story. His mom drove us there. There was a lot of traffic that day and we got into a fender bender and his mom had some like immigration stuff <laughs> and it was so nervous she was like freaking out about like having to like exchange uh uh information um and uh i just remember being like this is a disaster but then we we uh saw the movie uh in theaters but like i just like that's so part of my memory of this seeing this movie is like getting it wasn't like a major mm-hmm. accident but just like getting into that accident on the way to see the movie um, and seeing an adult scared <clears throat> seeing an adult scared um and then we saw the movie uh okay so you go first fine so seeing as like this is like very yeah this is a like big movie in your uh life you probably know every detail i remember shockingly little about this movie so let me let me try this is gonna be, yep, go this, for it go this, first this is gonna be embarrassing okay anakin skywalker is Wait, how like, does the movie open start with the opening yeah he's like racing no no, no. you remember exactly what happens at the beginning of this movie because like, it happens at the beginning of every star wars movie. the crawl it goes bah! yeah and then, it's and then there's like a crawl. that part's great yeah. Yes. Okay. That opens. There's like a crawl. It's probably like before the events of the popular movies that you know and love. 
Here are more events. Right, because this crawl was written by <laughs> the person who wrote the trailer for Austin Powers. <laughs> it's like, after you've seen all of those movies, come see our movie. Um, yeah, they say something about how the galaxy is in some type of disarray and there's, you know, politics that people are upset about. Um, and then do we open on like a race? Well, that's actually an important point. It says that the people are upset about the politics. Like, right? I mean, that's right, that is, right? That is, a, that is a structural thing in the movie, yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, do we open with him, like, racing? No. He's like, okay, so he's on some, like, planet. Well, say your memory. I, I All right. Jump in. I All right, you. sorry. He's on a planet. It's, like, a desert planet. Uh, he's, like, him and his mom and maybe dad. I don't think there's a dad. Uh, are slaves to Watto, who is, like, a fat, blue... Jewish alien. <laughs> Winged alien uh, who has like a, a small elephant nose. Um, yeah. uh, and he is cruel to them. He is and, a cruel slaver merchant type. Yes. Um, and Anakin likes to uh, race, I believe. Uh, and like, he like Mario Kart's, you know, his way to like win the race. <clears throat> and then, like, Watto, like, I don't know, probably takes his money, <laughs> uh, even though, like, Anakin won the race. Okay, somehow, Anakin and Princess Amidala, Queen Amidala, I'm not sure when this happens, uh, fall in love? I really, it's shocking how little I remember this movie. <laughs> really don't remember this. Okay, you talked about Anakin. Talk about... Any of the other characters. Okay. okay. Oh, okay. So hold on. There's <laughs> Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan Kenobi are like, Qui-Gon Jinn is like, uh, like the Jedi master. Obi-Wan Kenobi is like his apprentice. Um, they identify that like Anakin's going to be like important to the story um, and like take him. Uh, maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Okay, so that's that. And then there's... Um, uh, How does Abedala fit into this movie? So she... Okay, I don't know. She is... <laughs> she's a princess. And, like... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> she's, a, she's a princess. I know that. and Or a queen. She's she's a princess who's going to be a queen, as, as they do. Um, and she has to, like, vote on something important. And, like, Palpatine is just a senator at this point. He's at the emperor. And he's, like, trying to, like, um, I'm doing this thing with my fingers, like, puppet master her to, like, make her do the thing he wants so he could be You're really... saying he's being a phantom menace. Oh, Yes, he's being a phantom menace. See, my fingers remember the plot more than I do. Uh, so he's trying to, like, I don't know, like, be a bad guy and, like, get her to, like, vote on the thing. And she's, like, young and impressionable um, and wears, like, like kabuki makeup uh, a lot of the time. Uh, and, um, oh, Christ, I don't know. How does George R. Binks get involved? I have no idea. How does Jar Jar? Does he just in my in my in my recollection? There's just people talking. And he jumps into the foreground of the screen. and goes Misa Jar Jar Binks, and then he's just there. And then he's like, he's just kind of you're like, wrong, but you're not that wrong. <laughs> 
Like he just shows up and won't leave. Uh, and no one quite knows. That's exactly correct. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Which we'll get to. Okay, fine. So I, I, I really cannot for the life of me figure out how Anakin and Amidala connect. Maybe it's like the Jedi's know that like, this is like written in like Jedi lore that like, Anakin and no, I don't even think so because they want Anakin to just be like a, a really cool Jedi dude and like it's like a forbidden love, right? Like it's not like a no one's really like thrilled about it. Um, it's also visibly disturbing because like it's a very young boy playing Anakin. This whole like he doesn't turn into Hayden Christensen until the subsequent movies, right? But they fall in love in this one, so it's not like they don't. No, uh, are you sure? He has a crush on her in this movie. That's it? That's about it. Oh, okay. That's better. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, not that bad. Okay. It's not like George Lucas's original idea in Indiana Jones where, like, Indy has a – you meet he has a previous romance and it's Marion. Right? Yeah. And George Lucas is like, well, she could be played by, like, a 30-year-old actress. Like, no, but the script says that they met, like, 20 years ago. And he's like, is that a problem? <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Uh, okay, fine. So I, don't... That's very scandalous for George Lucas. I'm sure he didn't literally say, is that a problem? <laughs> I suspect it's more he didn't do the math on it right. when he was saying that she could be a 30 year old actress. But Right, right. Okay, fine. Uh, okay. Like real so there's like a lot of discussions in this like floating Senate room. Uh, Mace Window, 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 Mace Window, uh, uh, Samuel Jackson is like the Jedi on the council. So, like, he does like less fighting and more talking in this movie, I believe. Maybe. Um, uh, I legitimately, I'm, I, that's about as far as I'm, I I'm like, really, I really tended to just ask you, like, what happens? What about this character? Like, yeah. Can you just, yeah, just do that? Yeah. Cause instead of me just being like, here's exactly what happens in the movie. Um, Okay, what is – okay, so you said – okay, where's Darth Maul in this story? Okay. So, somewhere, all right? Like there's – there's. Oh, I'm really – I'm like really struggling. I'm actually shocked how much I'm struggling. So th- there, there's like uh, – there's the Jedi and then there's like Palpatine who's like a secret Sith Lord, right? So like the Sith are are I think at this point in time supposedly like eradicated. Like it's not – like an ongoing battle, but and so Palpatine is like ostensibly like a respectable senator, but really he's been like sucking at the teeth of the Sith and like turning into like a real wrinkled freak. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's not that's wrong. Great, right? No, that's a great description. <laughs> um, and so like. As he's, like, trying to do things, like, on the up and up, at least, like, visibly, like, as he's trying to, like, make things more possible for them in, like, a bureaucratic way, he also has, like, Darth Maul, like, oh, is Darth Maul, like, supposed to, like, kill like kill, kill someone? <laughs> like, is Anakin, like, a Harry Potter type where, like, there's, like, a prophecy about him that, like, the Sith and the Jedi both, like, know about and, they're, like, they're kind of, like, battling over, like getting him is that like there a is a prophecy about him yeah okay 
All right. I, that's... They're actually writing a pretty interesting movie. It's just not really this one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, all right. You know, after, you're actually not, you're not that far. Um, what after, about, yeah. um, how does Kira Knightley fit into this movie? Is she like, in real life, she looks exactly like Natalie Portman. So I assume she's like her, her like body double. I think that's what it is, right? She's like her, like she makes like public appearances as her. So like, is Natalie Portman like in danger? Is Darth Maul like trying to kill Natalie Portman the whole movie? So I'm very impressed with your deduction of Kira Knightley. <laughs> it clearly <laughs> does not come from memory. <laughs> that is exactly her role in this movie. Oh, nice. Uh, well done. Well done. Thank um, you. Let's see. Who else can I ask you about? Um, does Qui-Gon Jinn... I, I think mention Twi- Yoda. I don't know how Yoda fits into this. I, I mean, okay. I mean, I assume like Yoda is... Lo- I remember Yoda also maybe in the Senate at some point. I, there's like a fight where like, I, mean, I don't know if that's this one, but there's a scene where you're like jumping from like pod to pod as they're that's, fighting. That's the third one. Okay. Um, um, who dies in this movie? Okay. Qui-Gon dies because, uh, by the way, do I remember his death scene? No. It's just like he oh, really? is Obi-Wan's mentor. Obi-Wan is Anakin's mentor. Qui-Gon's got to get out of there so that Obi-Wan can become the mentor to Anakin. Okay, so now here's the question. Should I recount the plot of the movie or should you look at the poster and see if it clues anything for you? Um, no, let me just recount the plot of the movie. Yeah. The posters are actually just really good to look at and describe. Okay, yeah, please okay, help me. That was, uh, I was painful. It's not terrible. I mean... It's bad, but you didn't get very much right. But okay, okay. So the, the crawl explains that there is there is a trade dispute in the Senate, and that as part of this dispute. Oh wait, before I say anything, who are the bad guys in this movie? Not the Sith. Not okay. the Sith. Uh, I don't know pirates. There's a trade dispute. Are there are pirates. Uh, okay, so. It, as a result of this trade dispute, the the evil or the greedy trade federation, as they're described in the crawl, uh, set up a blockade of a small planet called Naboo, mm. where Amidala is queen. She's queen the whole time. Queen. She's queen. She's okay. queen. Um, and Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan are sent to negotiate with the trade federation. On behalf of who? who? are currently blockading, uh, on behalf of the Senate. Okay. Who are currently blockading Naboo. No, not technically on behalf of the Senate. The Senate is like stalled. So the Chancellor of the Senate sends these two Jedi to go resolve the issue. That's the crawl, basically. Okay. Okay. So then they show up and the this is where you meet the sort of racist Asian aliens. Uh, Newt Gunray. Uh, Newt Gingrich. Yeah, basically. Um, okay. uh, anyway, so so they go to this Trade Federation ship. The Trade Federation guys are like, uh, these aren't ambassadors. They're, they're Jedi. They're coming here to kill us. So they like blow up their ship and they try to gas the Jedi. Uh, Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon escape. They kill a bunch of droids with their lightsabers. And then they escape through the ducts and they see that there's an invasion army of droids on the ship. And... Then the Trade Federation calls Darth Sidious, who is Palpatine's alter ego, mm-hmm. uh, his Sasha Fierce to, <laughs> Emperor, to Senator Palpatine's Beyonce. Um, and at this point, Beyonce is in Destiny's Child because he's Senator Palpatine, not Emperor Palpatine. Anyway, right, okay. Um, 
so you're tracking the Beyonce yeah, 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 connection. No, was yep. Really helpful. Uh, and so they board one of those landing ships and they, they land on the planet and they are running away from the ships, like on the planet, it cuts them on the planet and they're like running away from these tanks and with the, the robot droids. And Qui-Gon is running and Jar Jar Binks is in front of him. And he's like, Jar Jar, get down, get down. Like, move out of the way, move out of the way. And Jar Jar just does move out of the way and jumps and grabs onto Qui-Gon and Qui-Gon tackles him. And then the tank goes over both of them, but it's like a hover tank. It doesn't kill them. And then Jar Jar is like, Yusa is saving my life. Misa, swear you a life debt. <laughs> I, I've definitely said this off mic, and I'm sure other people have. Like, Jar Jar is Dobby, right? They're just like the same... It's like the same character. Yeah, it's pretty similar. Yeah, because because Qui-Gon's like, no, that won't be necessary. And he's like, no, 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 I'm your slave now. And he's like, I don't want to slave. And he's like, no, no, but I'm I'm your slave now. So uh, <clears throat> Qui-Gon, uh, sorry, Jar Jar appears on screen before Anakin does? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Way before. Everyone else does. Okay. <laughs> so, so then they're with Jar Jar and he's like, I've been banished from the Gungan people because I'm clumsy and they're like, take us to the your leader anyway and we'll talk it over with him. And so then they swim underwater to the Gungan city. You go on like a side quest? Like yeah, right as the movie they, starts. Yeah, they go to the... Well, you don't know it's a side quest because you don't know what's going to happen in the movie. Uh, so then they go to Otagunga, which is the Gungan underwater city, which is really cool looking. Like immediately, I'm sorry, I have to stop you. <laughs> immediately, George Lucas is like his big comeback for the Star Wars movies. And the first thing he thinks is important to explore is like why Jar Jar Binks, the character, got kicked out of his community. No, no. So they're, they're sorry, sorry, I should clarify. Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan aren't going down there to like rehabilitate Jar Jar's persona. They're oh. not like his PR people. Okay. They're going down there so that they can get to where they need to go. They need a ship to okay. get to sorry. The, the Queen. I thought they were just gonna be like, this yeah, guy's sorry. not so bad. Take him back. <laughs> so anyway, so they go down there and they meet Boss Nass, who is the boss of all the Gungans, and he's like I'll give you a ship. He basically is like, I'm not going to give you a ship. And then Qui-Gon's like, he does his Jedi mind trick. He's like, you'll give me a ship. And he's like, we'll give you a ship. And it's like, and they give him the fastest ship and they have to go through the planet core and they go through the planet core and they're chased by some big fish. And then there's another fish that eats the fish. It's not important. They get to the city of Theed where the queen is. um, And they go to help get the queen out as the invasion is coming in. And that's where we meet Captain Panaka, who is the Queen's like guard. And we meet, um, we have Natalie Portman plays. At this point, she might still be the Queen. It'll be interesting on rewatch to see when she's playing the Queen and when she's playing a handmaiden to the Queen, also named Padme. It's like a swap um, deal. Yes. And Kira Knightley is one of her handmaidens, but mostly plays the Queen in this movie. Uh, and so, anyway, they run away on her really cool silver starship. And as they are escaping, they're they're, being chased. They're escaping the... Planet of Naboo during the invasion. They're escaping the invasion invasion by uh, Darth Sidious. The Trade Federation. No, by the Trade Federation. Oh, okay, sorry. Which is being puppeteered by Darth Darth Sidious. Okay. Okay. So then... um, Man, this is so crazy. This is a weird, crazy movie. (laughs) So anyway, so they're escaping. And then as they're escaping, there's like star battle that's happening. They're getting shot at. And um, the... 
astromech droids are let out to go fix the damage. R2-D2 is an astromech droid. He's okay. one of these astromech droids. And you see like three or four and they all get picked off. But then R2 manages to fix the ship. Um, and he doesn't get shot off and he goes back into the ship and they're like, great job, R2. And then they're like, we fixed the ship, but we can't get into hyper. We need a hyperdrive repair, whatever. We need a part for the ship. We can't get to Coruscant where the Senate is to complain about this invasion because we can't go into hyperspace. So they're like, we can only go to this planet Tatooine, which is like a shithole gangster planet. So that's why they land on Tatooine because they need to get a hyperdrive for their starship. So then they go, they land on Tatooine and they go to the first store they walk into is Watto's store. And Wolverine is cage fighting in there. Correct. And he's like, watch out, bub. And Watto is like, I have the only hyperdrive on the planet. You're not going to be able to get one from anyone else. Uh, I have the part you need. And then also he has a slave. He has two slaves, Anakin and Shmi Skywalker. Anakin works in the shop and Shmi has untold responsibilities for Watto. Ooh. Yeah. Um, Gotta remember this movie in real detail. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, so then... It's going to be easier to do part two because I'm just going to cut this audio and just put it put as it the first half of yeah. part two. So then, no, in part two, you're going to have to re-say the plot. <laughs> uh, okay. So then then they're like, cool, we'll buy the ship. We'll buy the part. We'll pay in Republic credits. And he's like, we don't take Republic credits. And then they're like, oh, we have to figure out how to pay. Um, so anyway, they can't really figure out how to pay at that moment. And they're trying to figure out what to do. And Anakin offers to take them home for dinner. And he takes them to their house. And they have a nice meal. And Anakin is talking about how he races pod races. And Qui-Gon is like, pod racing? That's really dangerous. No humans can do it. And Anakin's like, yeah, I'm the only human who can do it. And he's like, wow, you must have Jedi reflexes. And then he surreptitiously tests Anakin's blood. And it turns out that Anakin's blood has a lot of midi-chlorians, which means he is super Jedi. And that's when Qui-Gon is like, he could be the one who's prophesied who will bring balance to the Force. And... They never explain what that means. It's just um, right. It means he 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 had the Moderna vaccine, and then all of the midi chlorians have just been lingering in his blood for so long, and that's why you shouldn't take the vaccine. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and uh, so anyway, they, they do that. Oh, and then they uh, they're, they they make a, they basically bet Watto on the pod race. They're like, "We'll bet you." Um, that the boy will win the pod race over Sebulba, who always wins. Um, and as collateral, we'll put down the ship. So if if the boy wins, you, if the boy loses, you get our ship. If he wins, we get the spare parts. And we also get, um, it says I dropped. If, if he wins, we'll get the, the part we need. And also we get the boy. Um, you can keep he actually, he No, well, so he actually says we get, we get both slaves. And then Watto is like, what? Both slaves? That's too rich. You can get one. And then he's like, we'll take the boy. And he's like, let's roll the chance cube. And so they roll the chance cube, which is a die that only has two colors on it. Very strange to have a six-sided die with two colors. Anyway, uh, they roll the chance cube and it's going to come up Shmi and Qui-Gon does like the Jedi thing to make it come up Anakin. So they they went out against Reno. Anyway, then there is a pod race sequence, and it is great. It's a yeah, tremendous sequence. I remember that? 
Uh, Anakin wins. Shocker, he wins the pod race. Uh, they don't get stuck on that planet forever. Um, and then they're going back to the ship with all with Anakin and uh, hyperdrive and all the parts. And Darth Maul shows up because he's been sent by Sidious uh, to track them down because he knew that they landed on Tatooine because of they got they got shot and they didn't have a hyperdrive, right? So Darth Maul's there, and Qui Gon has like a pretty exciting lightsaber battle with Darth Maul, who has a one sided lightsaber at this point. So he only ignites one side of his lightsaber. Oh. Um, and they fight, blah, blah, blah. And then Qui Gon gets on the ship and they fly away. And then they go to Coruscant, which is one big city. It's a city planet. And the Queen goes to the Senate and to like tell them that, like, hey, we were invaded and this is a bad invasion and we shouldn't be invaded and blah, blah, blah. And, um, Qui-Gon takes Anakin to the Jedi Council to get the Jedi Council to agree to let them train him because he might bring balance to the Force. But the Jedi Council is like, eh, he has a lot of Force, but he's too old. Too so old? They, like, yeah, they're like, you can't train him, he's too old. Uh, oh, also on Tatooine, Padme is there. Uh, Natalie Portman is there as Padme, as a handmaiden. She's on Tatooine the whole time with them like, out and about in the city and she has a nice little relationship with Anakin right. where he very badly acts towards her. What's like, the, he acts nicely, but he's a very bad actor. Yeah. What is the like, uh, public sentiment or like, like what's happening with like Jedi right now? Like where, what are they up to? Oh, so there's a ton of Jedi. Ton of Jedi. They're killing it right now. They have a tower in Coruscant, like huge tower. Everyone's like, the Jedi are just great. This is a great system. All of our justice is done by space wizards. Just great. Awesome. Uh, so they're like, they're like, no, nah, this kid's too old. We're not doing it. He can't train. So they shut him down. Mostly it's Yoda who shuts him down. And Samuel L. Jackson just kind of like steeples his fingers and goes like. <laughs> I was going to try for a Samuel L. Jackson impression. Uh, no, he doesn't. He barely talks in this movie. He's mostly like a <laughs> nodding visual presence. Um, and so then they're like, you can't, and he's like, okay, well, if you, the Jedi council won't train him, I will take him as my apprentice and Obi-Wan will become a Jedi Knight. So I don't need to have him as my apprentice. And they're like, that's very unusual. Let's talk about it later. And so then <laughs> basically what they say. <laughs> and so then they're like, the Senate stuff isn't working. I think this is a part that I don't remember super well, but they're like not working super well. And Padme is like, forget it. I'm going to go home. I'm going to go back there and get them out myself. So she goes back with the Jedi and they, they all go to Naboo. And when they get there, they go to the Gungan city uh, and Jar Jar, they don't show this part. Jar Jar just swims underwater. He comes back up and he's like, mm, they're not there, but they all <laughs> went to a different place. He's like, I know where they went. They went to the sacred place. So then, they go to the sacred place and they meet all of them. And Kira Knightley, as the queen stand-in, is trying to negotiate a treaty with the Gungans to do the battle with them. And then Natalie Portman is like, I'm the real queen and I'm letting you in on the secret. I sometimes pretend to be a handmaiden like Princess Jasmine in Aladdin. Have you seen that movie? And <laughs> the other Gungan, he's like, I love Robin Williams. Is, is That movie's great. They definitely shouldn't do it on partial recall and reveal that it's actually bad. Um, and so then they make a treaty and they do a big battle. And so then the Gungans fight most of the land battle against the robot army, the droid army. Um, the Queens like guard, I'll take the space, the spaceships, 
the Naboo starfighters and to go fight like the actual blockade ships. Um, and the Queen and the Jedi go to like infiltrate and get rid of Newt Gunray and whoever the other guy is you know, that are like the leaders of the Trade Federation. And Anakin gets, they put Anakin in a starfighter to keep him out of the way, but then he gets involved in the starfight. He's like, it's on autopilot. <laughs> what does this button do? That's a good trick. He has the worst lines. And then anyway, he blows up one of the big Trade Federation ships that controls all the droids. Uh, Jar Jar does a bunch of pratfalls, kills a bunch of droids in his pratfalling. Um, and Darth Maul uh, confronts the Jedi. And there is an incredible lightsaber sequence where Darth Maul and Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon fight each other. Darth Maul kills Qui-Gon. Obi-Wan kills Darth Maul. Darth Ma half. Oh, yeah. Okay. I was going to ask if uh, Darth Maul chopped Qui-Gon in half, but I knew someone got he chopped. He pokes Qui-Gon in the chest with his double-sided lightsaber. Is it uh, uh, is it dark and then it the like it lights up red from his lightsabers and you see his face in like the red. Is that, a, is that a part? Is that a thing? Yeah. So when, when he dies, it's a close up and you, you hear the like yeah. lightsaber cut across and there's like, you only really see him from like the chest up, but there's like blood splatter that like goes up and it's yeah. like red for a second. And then you watch his body fall down this like shaft. Yeah. And then it splits apart into two parts that fall down the shaft independently. Hmm. Uh, Cause he got cut in half. Um, and then they send the leaders of the Trade Federation packing, and at the end there's a big parade where Boss Nass and Queen Amidala hold up a big blue orb, and they go peace. <laughs> and that's the end of the movie. What? <laughs> so the whole movie. Oh, is right, about... sorry. And at that parade, Anakin has like the little Jedi rat tail. Oh, that yeah. Indicates that he's an apprentice. Right. Okay, so the whole movie is like about. Oh wait, that's at Qui Gon's funeral. Actually, they also have Qui Gon's funeral at the end of the movie because he died. All right, right, yeah. Okay, so the whole movie is about uh, trying to get a blockade off a planet. That's like the whole basically. Well, so so let's look at the poster. Maybe it'll help us figure out what the theme is because okay. we've actually gone really long to not look at the poster yet. So let me give you the first poster. Yeah. Um, which the first poster really fits with your plot description. <laughs> the first poster, for anyone who doesn't know, is the incredible poster. It's like this is like it's like a brilliant poster. It is young Anakin Skywalker on Tatooine in front of a hut, and his shadow is stretching up the wall of the hut, and his shadow is Darth Vader. And, it just and it's Star great. Wars episode one. It's great because he has a bowl cut. So that is actually what his yep. <laughs> his shadow would look like that helmet. Sort of, yeah. But yeah. It's, like a, it's, an unbelie that's a, it's an unbelievable poster. Like, you, If you're a Star Wars fan and you see that poster, you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. That's brilliant. It's, I it's think brilliant. like the, the, the genius or the, the concept that is genius about this movie is like it's supposed to be like three movies or at least two and a half movies of you getting to love this like plucky kid who then you know ends up being like the villain of – Yep. The main movie is, I think, because of the casting and writing, it may not have played out that way. But that would that that's like a cool idea, right? Like, yeah, no, it is. It's an origin story for a villain who you knows going to become a villain. It's yeah. like Breaking Bad, except instead of selling meth, he becomes Darth Vader. Right. Um, 
The other thing that I forgot to mention is that it is revealed in this movie that Anakin built C-3PO as a boy. Oh, okay. For no reason. <laughs> uh, okay, now let's look at the second poster. There's like a the floating second poster, poster is much more there. evocative. This is a floating heads poster, but I think it's a really nice one. Yeah. So it's weird that like... Why don't you okay. describe it? Yeah, yeah, okay, fine. So it is a poster, and in the background blown up to the size of the poster is Darth Maul's eyes and like face tattoos. And then in the foreground in front of that, you have uh, Liam Neeson as Qui-Gon Jinn, uh, Queen Amidala as Queen Amidala. Uh, <laughs> as Natalie Portman. <laughs> as Natalie Portman. <clears throat> and then below that, you have uh, a young Ewan McGregor as a young Obi-Wan Kenobi. Next to him, Jar Jar Binks. On the other side of them, uh, R2-D2 and C-3PO, and then that silver ship, I guess you were uh, describing. Mm -hmm. And then in the foreground of the whole poster is this very young child who is Anakin Skywalker. On top it says, every saga has a beginning. And then it says, Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, uh, underneath. An an incredible poster. A really good looking poster. Oh, and it has the twin sons of Tatooine on it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Yes. Uh, Peeking out behind Liam Neeson's head and behind Anakin's head. Yeah, uh, a really good poster. It's interesting that like Darth Maul is like clearly being like uh, set up here as like the big bad, but he's kind of just like a henchman, right? Like it's all well, Darth Vader is also kind of just a henchman. That's true. Okay, that's fair. Good argument. Um, the the real problem is they're setting Darth Maul up as the big bad, and then they kill him in this movie. Yeah. Of a trilogy. They're like, he's the big bad for this trilogy. And then they kill him in this movie. Right. Which is a weird decision because he's, spoiler alert, he's the best part of this movie. Yeah, he's pretty cool. Um, uh, okay, so that's the trailers. That's the posters. Yep, that's the posters. Good correction, Ishai. Thank you. You know. Because, yeah, I really did remember everything. It sort of takes a lot of the. <laughs> the wind like, out the sails. No, yeah, it's good. A little bit. Uh, I like it. No, no, no. It, it, I, I enjoyed my uh, attempt. Okay, so <laughs> my attempt. should I describe the box? Yeah. Okay, so the front of the box is that, that poster. with It's similar to that poster. Uh, it's got Darth Maul's face in the black background. It's a Star Wars episode one, The Phantom Menace. And then in like a inset rectangle, it's got like a kind of reddish thing that's got the floating heads of Liam Neeson, Natalie Portman, Ewan McGregor, and Anakin Skywalker. Jar Jar Binks is not... In this picture. This is because this is already. Yeah. This is post. And they don't have the the silver spaceship. They have Anakin's pod racer and Sebulba's pod race. And they're sort of bursting out of that little frame. Uh, On the side of the poster, we see uh, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan with their lightsabers lit up. Side of the box. Side of the box, not the side of the poster. Uh, my brain is not working. Um, and then on the back of the box, we've got um, on the top of the back of the box, we see Sebulba's pod racer and Anakin's pod racer, and they are doing some pod racing. And we see an image of Jar Jar Binks. So George got him on there. Yeah. And we see uh, Obi Wan and Qui Gon fighting Darth Maul with his double bladed lightsaber, and it looks awesome. Yeah. Uh, okay. So then it says every generation has a legend. Every journey has a first step. Every saga has a beginning. Return to a galaxy far, far away in the first chapter of the mythic Star Wars saga. Okay, it's a good sell. Set 30 years before the original Star Wars film, Episode 1 introduces young Anakin Skywalker, 
again, about an hour into the movie. Yeah. A boy with special powers, unaware that the journey he is beginning will transform him into the evil Darth Vader. Spoiler. <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi, it would totally say spoiler, like, on the box now. Yeah. Obi-Wan Kenobi, the wise old Jedi from the original series, is a determined young apprentice of... And Palpatine. I'm going to read this. This, what, this, this is a hard sentence. Obi-Wan Kenobi, the wise old Jedi from the original series, is a determined young apprentice. And Palpatine, well known as the evil emperor, is an ambitious senator in the Galactic Republic. It is a time when the Jedi Knights are guardians of peace in a turbulent galaxy and a young queen fights to save her people. In the shadows lurks an evil force waiting for the right moment to strike. With episode one in your video collection, you can experience excitement again. What? I mean, I can experience excitement without it. Oh, <laughs> again and again. The excitement again and again. Okay, yeah. sorry. Let me read that sentence again because otherwise <laughs> that was really insulting. <laughs> like, you fucking nerd. If you don't have this video, you can't be excited about anything. Um, this video is the Viagra <clears> of <throat> VHS tapes. Okay. With episode one in your video collection, you can experience the excitement again and again. Feel the adrenaline of the Bunta Eve pod race. Relive the intense lightsaber battles. Discover the incredible detail and breathtaking scope of this milestone in the Star Wars saga. It says Star Wars a lot. It's also a bad, box. like, it's a bad back of the box, in my opinion. Like, the way that it's written and presented, like, it doesn't sound very exciting. It's just like, hey, remember all of those characters from the really popular Star Wars movies? Like, here they are in different contexts. Like, that's... It, it does sound a lot like that. Yeah. Um, they're not like, this movie is incredible. It's just like, you know, like when there's that old guy with a beard, he's a young guy without a beard in this movie. Uh, well, they do, they do tell you to feel the adrenaline of the Bunta Eve Padres. <laughs> right. <laughs> the guy who wrote the back of the box probably remembered the movie about as much as I did. He's like, I know there's a Padres. <laughs> well, the funny thing about this movie is it does not mention Naboo or Queen Amidala or the Trade Federation, which are the plot drivers of this movie. Why, why is he like why? George Lucas? <laughs> like, why is it so important to him that all of like the high stakes of the way this whole story unfolds be so political and not just like, I don't know, cool plotty, like bad guys and good guys. Like, why is it like have to all unfold like through like the, the proper channels of like government? It's, it's so well, so yeah. I think that the question is like, is this set of movies going to take place with Emperor Palpatine? And if it isn't, he kind of has to explain how you got to Emperor Palpatine. It's maybe part of the thinking here, right? Um, why does it start with a trade blockade, like as opposed to a war, uh, like a Star War, perhaps? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that's the thing is like uh, this. I think maybe the next one, the third one, is like really bad, right? I mean, some people like it. Some people like all of them. Speaking of which, how did you feel about this movie when you saw it? So I feel like I really liked it. And now I'm talking about it. I don't know why. It sounds so boring. Like the entire plot of the movie is about like resolving a, a blockade on a planet. And I know like that's like the plot. But then there's like cool like Jedi shit happening and like pod races and stuff. So like that's fine. But like number one as like a eighth grader I'm, I'm sure a lot of like the, the like the political machinations of like what was like the court what's it like court and dagger what's the term uh cloak and dagger, cloak and dagger like palace intrigue like courtroom there's like a court word for lock and coffin yeah. 
that's a joke that no one will get. Uh, um, like, like there's like a lot of like, I don't know. It just like I feel like I would not have probably followed how how all of that stuff unfolded in like a meaningful way. Um, uh, so, but I, I think I did really like it. I think like you know, like I was like, oh, like Anakin, he's so like he he races and he's like plucky and he like takes over ships and blows things up and then like you know Qui-Gon and and uh Obi-Wan are really powerful and they have like that super cool fight and so like that stuff all tracked really cool to me so I think like I I really like I really liked it I, I wouldn't say it was like my favorite it wasn't like oh I'm the biggest Star Wars fan now but like I was like oh this movie is really cool so like I think I really liked it at the time and I've been uh kind of putting off rewatching it I think because I feel like there's like a not like a pressure like I don't think anyone really cares but I think there's like this notion that like knowing everything I know now post backlash you know with the new movies and like all that it's like there's like a version in my head of like I bet those like prequels are actually probably pretty decent and like now that like you know post backlash like I can like watch them and probably enjoy them and now I'm starting to feel like they're gonna they're they're gonna be really boring like I have a I have a bad feeling I have a bad feeling about this classic Star Wars line. Uh, actually, not a joke. Yeah. Okay. I didn't do that on um, purpose, but I I didn't know that. The um, the they are really boring. That's the that's the biggest thing of this movie. I loved this movie as a kid. Loved it. Um, my hot take is that it's the best of the prequels. Yeah. I like a lot. Um, I think I'm still. I'm probably going to give it a six. On rewatch, a six. I have watched it recently enough and given it pretty much a six. Wow, so that's, uh, that's where I'll be. That's shocking. I thought shockingly you were really low, shockingly, shockingly high. low. I thought you were like uh, so in on on these for some reason. Here's the thing: it's not good. Like all of the things that you're pointing out as problems are problems. Like this movie, is, we're getting into the second half stuff, but like this movie, we didn't even watch the trailer. Yeah. Uh, should we watch the trailer? Yeah, let's watch the trailer. <laughs> we're so shitty at our jobs. <laughs> uh, okay, let's watch the trailer. It feels like the, the second half because you just hold the entire plot of the movie. Okay. Should we watch the trailer? Okay, let's just watch the trailer really quick. For regular speed. All right. I mean, it looks good. Yeah, I was going to say, you were something crazy. I watched the trailer and I'm like, is this movie going to be an eight? <laughs> it looks good. It, they really feature uh, Jar Jar prominently. Like, they really – what what a what a blind spot, right? To think that, like, he's, like, important – he's doing important work in this movie. Um, uh, but it looks good. It Like, the, the – okay, uh, like, the, the, the look of the movie, I think – I think is going to be good. I think the music is going to be really good. Um, it's great. Yeah. Uh, I did like when it said every saga has a beginning. You heard the um, Darth Vader. Yeah. That was cool. Um, yeah. I mean, it looks like Star Wars. I, I think I think that the the thing with, with seeing this movie as a kid is that you knew it was, that was the branding, right? It was like right. the first step on this journey. And you're like, there's, there are parts of like, even where it's boring, you do get that like, 
dopamine hit of like that's yoda or like oh that character becomes that character or like that's how that happened like and i think that that sort of feeds into the like shitty sort of easter egg culture yeah now like the way people interpret movies like i think this movie is really creating that yeah uh, culture was there like a backlash against like the look of yoda didn't he like look different? He looks a little different in this. Doesn't With he? his hair, With his hair, oh. and like his he looks really cross-eyed. I don't know. He looks different than the yeah. original puppet, right? So it is different than the original puppet. I believe in the trailer that we just watched. He's still a puppet. In the DVD release of the movie, he's CGI. Oh, interesting. Uh, and it looks way worse. So I think that that's the puppet. And I I think when you watch it on Disney Plus, it will be the CGI Yoda, mm. not the puppet. Um, yeah. So you give this a six? Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna give it a six. Okay, yeah, I mean, but I'm specifically revisiting it to determine to you, think about when it fits in. It, yeah, re, like first introduction. Okay, yeah, I mean, I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna give it a five. I'm giving it a five, hoping there's upside here, because I really like, I it really like I, I meant to what I said before. Like I've been putting it off. Because I've been, I've like put this expectation on myself where like I can watch it in like a mature distance from the discourse way and maybe actually like secretly enjoy it. And I'm now nervous that I'm not going to. So I'm going to give it a five and hope that, that there's maybe a little hope there where like there's some upside there where, where it'll be better than I, I think it is. Yeah. I'm excited to rewatch it. I'm always excited to watch this movie. I watch it every now and then and I'm always excited about it. Yeah. It, the thing about it is like it makes me want to watch like the better versions of like, you know, like the like Star Wars, like Star Wars, or like even like some of the more recent stuff, like Andor was awesome. Uh, so like you know, I, like Star I, Wars: The Last Jedi is awesome. It's a good they world. An hour in, <laughs> it's a good world. It's a good world that he's created. Credit to him. I think he's just. It's so weird to like create such a sprawling universe that is seemingly like endless, right? And you can like just go to like all these different kind of planets and like. You know, there's like all these forces, like you know, the good and the evil, and then he's just like, you know, we're really cool though, like a ton of like boring politics. Like, I don't understand why that's like a thing. Honestly, the politics aren't the. I mean, yeah, they are terrible, but it's to me the big thing that this movie gives up, and you'll see it, and we'll talk about this in the second half for sure. Is that in the original Star Wars, all the tech was old and busted. Yeah, and in this, all the tech is like beautiful and pristine, and there is a commentary there. But it just doesn't look right, right for Star Wars. Like it's just not what you think Star Wars looks like. Right, interesting. And isn't uh, the story? I guess we do this in research, and also this is going really long. But isn't the story? You're that, doing the research, right? I guess so. Yeah, because yes. yeah, isn't the story that like he wanted to actually film these first? No, nah, no, that's bullshit. Okay, nah. I, I, that yeah, I, I, we can talk about that in the second half. Okay, I have I know about that. Okay, fine. Uh, all right, so you're giving it a six. I'm giving it a five. Honestly, I'm shocked that you're giving it a six. I legitimately thought this was like uh, I have taste. I'm just a Star Wars fan. Yeah. Well, no, I don't know. I thought you were like on the side of like, like you cutting through all the backlash and all the bullshit, and like actually, this is pretty good. It's just not like incredible. I thought you'd land on like an eight or a nine, honestly. Um, so that's exciting for me. <laughs> I'm actually more excited to watch it knowing that you didn't. Uh, like it that much? Maybe the part of me that was like nervous to like actually really. What if, what if you committed? You're like, I'm giving this movie a nine. I could, I could. What if I'm like, oh my god, I needed like even more uh, 
like Senate stuff. That was so good. Um, just like I don't know, you like put like C-SPAN into like a Star Wars movie. Like that's a bad idea, uh, seemingly. But maybe I'll like it. All right, yeah. Uh, let's go watch it. This is uh, this is run way too long. Let's go watch yeah. it. Uh, we'll talk about it. Um, I will recount the plot in the second half. Um, I will try my best to get it right uh, the way you did, and uh, we'll see if it's any good. Yeah. All right. Talk to you soon. Pew, pew. Okay. Okay. This time I saw that we were recording. I didn't need a noise even to let me know. Um, let me lower my chair a little bit. This is good podcasting. Okay. Um, so here's a funny thing. Uh, in the park today, I'm pretty sure I saw Dominic West. Uh, huh. on a bot- uh, Isn't he playing uh, the king? Like yes. in the crown? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, he's in Star Wars Episode One. The Phantom Menace. Yes. Yeah, did you not see him? Did I see him? He's I don't in think it I saw him. Two seconds. He plays like a Naboo guard. Uh, remember? Oh, yeah. I, I did see this on the IMDb page, but I didn't see Remember when, when Anakin goes to like meet Padme? Maybe you don't remember, but you remember he goes to meet Padme and he's like, is Padme here? And there's like a guard who lets him into the room. Oh, yeah. Dominic West. Him? Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, I recognize I him trying- about as much in real life at the park as I did in that clip where I had to be like, was that Dominic West? I uh, biked <laughs> away. <laughs> so <laughs> might have been some other guy who just kind of looked like Dominic West. Uh, that's funny. I thought you were referring to seeing the king uh, two two times in, in the few weeks. Um, oh, yeah. That's a good point. All yeah. of these things are coming full circle. Yeah. And Kira Knightley, right? Uh, you saw her one time, and she or Megan saw her. She was also in this movie. I don't okay, Ishai, um, uh, why don't you recount the plot? And no reading Wikipedia. Yeah, I don't have Wikipedia open, th- and I'm curious to see how how different this is than the first time I tried to re- recall the plot. All right, so there's a crawl, incredibly boring crawl. You might think I should tell like word for word. It's such a bad sign when a crawl is like there's like a like a tree blockade. I'm like. Falling asleep reading the crawl. So there's a crawl. There's like a trade blockade. The they send uh, two Jedi to go sort out the issue. So See, the Jedi show up. You say, "Oh, that's such a bad crawl." And I can say definitively, when I saw this movie, and it opens on the two Jedi. One of them is a new Jedi we've never met before, and they're like in the Jedi robes, and they're just like on top of the yeah, ship. Like this that's is the, the coolest thing ever. But that's the last line of the crawl. When you were like in seventh or eighth grade, or however you were, you're reading about like there is like a stalemate in the Senate, and there's a trade blockade, and it has to be resolved. So, like the Senate committee for like special blockades sends Jedi. Then you see Jedi excited before that. You did not understand. There's no way you followed what they were talking about. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. So, so Jedi show up. Um, the you had called out uh, the aliens on this planet. The less said about the no, no, better. On the ship. Oh, they're on the ship. I don't even know that. Oh yeah, they right. land on the ship. They land on the ship. They're right because the ships are like all stationed outside of, of this planet, ostensibly like as like a, a threat. But I don't know. Unclear. Do you want to do um, a Newt Gunray impression? No. So this is what I'm saying. <laughs> you said it was very racist. Uh, I agree. The less said about it, the better. Uh, and uh, <laughs> yikes. So then the Jedi Obi Wan and um, uh, Qui Gon Jinn, they're like, we're here to negotiate. They go into a room. Newt Gunray and his like assistant guy like talks to like uh, Darth Sidious. That's yep. his name, right? Uh, and he's like, kill them. And they're like, okay. And then no, what like, do they say? The Jedi is really hard to kill. I'm just trying to make you do an impression. What do they say? How do they say it? <laughs> they say, okay, we should kill these Jedi. Uh, so they try to kill the Jedi. The Jedi, they try to like, smoke them out and the Jedi like, uh, 
are like hanging from the ceiling and they come down and uh, kill all of the robots. I think they were. Their swords looked high up when they erected them. Uh, yeah. Okay. So they kill everyone. They, uh, they kill then, all the droids. <laughs> they all the droids. Then uh, they have to like, escape because like, they realize they're being set up. There's like a, a joke attempt where uh, you were right about one thing. Like, 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 the negotiations were short. That's a joke. Uh, so they escape. They escape through a mine shaft of some sort, or like an air ventilation shaft. They end up like on the ground in some sort of like they're running from like a bunch of. Okay, so basically, they, they don't. Duke Gunray and his people don't tell Darcy the Jedi. Darcy is also so like, the planet. Right, because he thinks that they killed the Jedi yeah. crucially, and then Duke Gunray is like, "We'll tell them when it matters." So they invade the planet. Wait, how does how does he say we'll tell them when it matters? <laughs> Please don't do this the whole episode. <laughs> uh, um, so then they they like tumble down to like the ground and they're outside and they're running and just as you described it. Quiet is running and he's like, get out of the way, you idiot rabbit. And then a charger breaks. He goes, Wah! and jumps on him. And then they tumble down. And then he's just like saying a lot of stuff. He's like, Nisa, oh, like for that, like for a while. And then he's like, we got to get to Naboo. Uh, Naboo? That's They're on Naboo. Naboo. They're on Naboo. We have to get to the, the queen. They need to get yeah. somewhere. They need to get to the other side of the planet. Like, <clears throat> we need to get to the queen. They need to the army on the other side of the planet. Yeah. Okay. So then Jar Jar's like, come with me to my city, which is underwater, which I've been banished from. And then he's like, get to swim. They put on these like, they eat some gillyweed and they go into the ponds and they, uh, Swim down there, they walk through some bubble. There's like a fat version of Jar Jar Binks who like runs the place. You have to say, before they get in, when they're swimming to the city, it looks awesome. It looks cool. There's some, the, I think the, the design of the city from the outside is very cool. Yeah. So they get there. Inside, like, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. Right. They're like, Jar Jar, you can't be back here. And then he's like, Misa, so sorry. And then he like takes them to the fat guy. And then, does he do a Jedi mind trick on him to give the ship? No, because they're setting him up, right? He does kind of like do his hand, but they still set him up, right? Because like, yeah, just go through like the most dangerous part of the water. Through the planet core. Yeah. So they get the ship, they go, a bunch of fish try to eat them. Jar Jar's like, Misa's gonna die. Misa should have stayed and been a prisoner for her life. And then, um, they and he goes, what did Misa say? <laughs> and, then, and then, like, Qui Gon Jinn does like a Jediism, because like a giant fish eats them. And then they're like, Misa's gonna die. And then a giant bird fish eats that fish. And Qui Gon's like, there's always a bigger fish, right? The classic Jedi wisdom. Uh, so whatever, they get where they're going. Oh, no, the, the ship dies. They like Jimmy it. Whatever. They get ultimately to Queen Amidala. And they say, uh, you're in danger. Uh, we're here to like save you. I honestly I'm a little lost right now. Like they 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 want to take her to the Senate. They, they're, they're trying to force her to sign a treaty, which she does not want to sign. So it's bad. The Trade Federation are trying to force her to sign a treaty. Yes, that's and the Jedi are like, let's take you to the Senate yeah. to tell them that there's a war here and it's a bad war. Kind yeah. of like exactly what I said in the first time. Yeah. Fine. I basically nailed it in the first Oh yeah. I don't know right? why Did I'm I get doing anything this. Anything wrong? No. Why I don't know okay, why I'm doing get... this. <laughs> <laughs> it's just kind of funny that you, you don't really you actually are doing pretty well so far. Okay, so they, they, they you don't remember because you just watched the movie. Yeah. Uh, when it gets to the Senate stuff, I'll, I'll okay. okay, so they, they go, then they're flying and their ship, because we're flying, they get shot a bunch of times, right? Mm-hmm. Droids, we're trying yeah, to I think it. in the first half, I said it was like a chase, and they're not sort of being chased, they have to fly through the blockade. They fly through the blockade, they shot a bunch of times, a bunch of droids, were trying to fix the shields, get shot off, except R2D2, who is a plucky little droid. Uh, and I didn't right. He's the uh, Manic Pixie Dream Droid, I believe. <laughs> yes. Uh, they say, that little droid did it! Uh, and when he puts their shields back up, and then they uh, get away, but then uh, they're like hyper, they need to get to Senate, and they have like a local ship, and they need to do a hyperdrive, and so they're missing that piece. So they're like, we'll land on Naboo, and like, you can't go to Naboo. Uh, they'll land on Tatooine. Tatooine. Uh, no, you can't go to Tatooine. That's run by the Huts. They're gangsters. They're going to kill the Queen. And then Qui-Gon's like, well, so will the Republic. And the gangsters don't know about the Queen here. I'll take my chances. So they go. Um, he's like, let's go. We got a bargain with a smaller shop because the big ones are real ripoffs. So they go to a smaller <laughs> they shop. definitely and... don't say that. That's what they do. <laughs> they definitely yeah, are yeah. like, we're, we can't go to a Best Buy. We got to go to. <laughs> yeah, that's basically what he says. He's like, this place is full of like hucksters and tricksters. We got to avoid the big places and go to a small place. Um, he does not say that. He does. I have no memory of that. <laughs> that happens. Trust me. He's like, this is how you haggle, baby. Uh, so he, oh, he puts on like a cool desert, uh, like long sleeve t-shirt. So they don't know he's a Jedi. Um, that's the other piece of it. And then he like tells you to stay on the ship. I'm pretty sure just because like they wanted to like show off like the Motorola, like beep, beep, walkie talkie technology in this movie. Well, yes. One of them uses a cell phone in this movie. Yes. Well, I guess so, two of them. Yeah, Qui Gon uses so they, his cell phone to talk Qui-Gon to Obi Wan on the ship. Keeps telling Obi Wan like updates. He's like, "Tell me more, Master." And he's like, uh, "Now I'm buying a part." And he's like, "Oh, exciting!" And then that's like, and he's like, "You didn't go to one of those big shops, did you? You gotta go to the little ones." <laughs> the little, yeah. 
he's like, oh, I know. Uh, so they go in while I was there. He's like, oh, I'm what uh, And then Qui-Gon keeps trying to do my mind trick. And he's like, I'm a Watto man. We don't get to my mind tricks. Mind tricks don't work on me. Only money. <laughs> uh, then like a plucky young Anakin Skywalker comes in and he's like, you mean, yeah, yeah, just like, okay, I just, I just have to pause for one second. No one in this movie has conversations. They just make declarations. That is like the only style of talking in this movie is like, this seems like it's going to be a disaster. Or like, this is so fun. Or like, this is going to prove peril for all of us. And no one is saying something to somebody so they can respond. They're directly talking to the audience at all times. That's a, that's a good observation. I think that that's true. There's a, there's just a, t- an, a crazy amount of exposition in this movie. Yeah, but there's like no conversation. People just say stuff out loud that's purely for us, especially Anakin, but really everyone. I also have a note that says, because for the first like 30 minutes of the movie, uh, um, uh, I, I know I'm tipping my hand a little bit, but I know we both established this movie was kind of shitty in the first half. Um, what? Uh, <laughs> Ewan McGregor for the first like 30 minutes of this movie is like smirking through all of his dialogue. And I have a feeling he just like, this is the worst dialogue. And he couldn't, they couldn't get a take where he wasn't smirking. So like, just leave it in. He'll just smirk in the first half of this movie. I think they actually wanted him to be kind of like knowing and funny as the audience surrogate. It's just, it's not funny. No, that's Jar Jar Binks, who's very knowing and funny. He's very funny. Yeah, hilarious. Um, the the thing about Anakin is, you say like, oh, he's he's the example. He doesn't talk to anyone. He's not even the expositional dialogue. Everything he says is just like a first draft of his internal monologue. Right. Yeah, he just now says, this oh, is pod racing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Anyway, back to Anakin. Anakin comes in, and Qui Gon can sense the force is strong with this one, and um, and then uh, Anakin's like like sees, oh, and then like I'm glossing over the fact that in every scene. Jar Jar is with his like bad CGI where he looks like he's like placed into every scene, like just trying to do bits. And like he's, he's a step in shit. Like it's he's, so distracting. Because it feels like it's superimposed over the movie and like it's not of the movie. It's like, the it's like riff tracks. Yes. Like if you're at the movie theater, they're like, come on, just make fun of some other movie. Yeah. He yeah. just dropped into the movie. So anyway, at some point he tries to like eat some like roasted frog off like a wire rack full of roasted frogs. Chokes it's on called it. a gorg is the name of that thing. Okay. I think it's called a gorg. Right. I'll take your word for it. Uh, he chokes on it, he spits it at Sebulba who gets mad and is about to kill him. And then Anakin, in maybe his most convincing bit of dialogue because it's not in English, like talks uh, shit about his racing ability. He's good when uh, he's not talking English. He's much yeah, better in this English than just saying alien. Like, yeah. Gosh. And then he's like, I'll clean you in the pod race. And then the sandstorm comes. He's like, come hang out of my house. And Qui-Gon's like, wow, what a mensch. He has all the traits of a young mensch. He's like, like beautiful apartment. This two bedroom? You have waves? <laughs> yeah. So he's like, come to my apartment. They come. Oh, also, um, the queen, quote unquote, insists that her handmaiden go on the mission with Qui-Gon. And, so uh, we do this over the first half. Natalie Parker plays the queen like, Barely ever. Three times? Yeah. At the beginning, once in the middle, like at the Senate, she's actually playing the queen, and then all the way at the end of the parade. Yeah. The rest of the time, basically, she's... Yeah. Can we ever see Keira Knightley not as the queen? I wonder that. I didn't notice her. Yeah. I, I also, I also her. for the first time this time, noticed Sofia Coppola as one of the... Handmaids. I saw that, but I didn't notice um, her. I, I never noticed her before, I'm pretty sure I saw her this time. So, like, it's possible that she does play handmaid and she doesn't really notice that. Right. In any event, she comes, and then Qui-Gon keeps saying stuff like, but the queen doesn't know, won't, won't kill us, and then he's like, it's her the whole time. Um, and anyway, they go into the... Uh, because she keeps being like, the queen won't like this. He's like, don't worry about the queen. Uh, so they go into the house. He's like, your son is very special. He doing like a lot of like talking about how special Anakin is either directly to the mom or like on the cell phone to like the Jedi Council or uh, Obi-Wan when she's like standing three feet from him. Um, and then he's like, well, I built a pod racer. It's the best pod racer. And then he's like, okay, we're going to bet on you to win the pod race. And Jar Jar like is out of space and his tongue goes numb. And then, and then he's like, don't In recounting the plot of this movie, you can totally leave out almost everything Jar Jar does. <laughs> yes. Almost. Until he becomes a bomb general. 
think it's important just to like pepper in how stupid he is in this entire movie. Uh, I actually have a really good uh, note about that later on that I'll get to. Um, so anyway, he does the pod. He, then he, as you said, whatever, he's like, I'll double or nothing like that. Uh, that if uh, we win the pod race, you can keep. If we lose, you can also get the pod racer. But if you win, I get one of your two. I want both. Like, no, only one. Is like, want a boy? He's like, boy. Uh, I, I the pro died for it. I feel like it was a rigged die. Also. Yes, that's in my notes. I believe it. It seems like it was a rigged die because he acts surprised. Yes, he could have possibly come up the way he didn't like. Um, yeah. No, I did not have actually. Yeah, it's just uh, putting more children in my apartment to interrupt everybody. Well, muscle <laughs> Not much. Um, uh, so, so then they do the pod race. It's actually not a bad scene. Um, pod race is great. I will yeah. say no criticism of the pod race other than, although in the original version of the movie, I don't think they introduced quite so many pod racers. Uh, I assume you watched on Disney Plus. Uh, yes, I did. Where there's, oh, like, there's, there's some pod racers who are clearly introduced like in their pod in the sequence, and then there are some pod racers who are introduced like standing in front of their pod and like not really moving very much, and they look like a character select screen in a Nintendo 64 game. I think those were added after the fact. It's just a little um, long, all the intros. I hear that. Was the guy who, like, his ship wouldn't start and he, like, blows up? Uh, uh, ben Quadraneros with the four engines. That was, my alternate, that was my alternate fake name for this podcast. Wait, is he called Ben Quadraneros because he's, like, the son of the four engines? Is he called Quadraneros because he has four engines? Or yes. does the number for four come from his family who uh, invented... Funny enough, on this front, I went to a, a coffee place. Um, uh, I went to a, a coffee shop near my apartment today called Quarantachinque. Quarantachinque. Was it run by Ben Quadraneros? And I, I asked, and they have, like, a window to the street. And they so, like, sell, to the racer who blew up at the beginning of the podcast? <laughs> so, so, no, so they sell coffee out of their window onto the street. And I asked if, if they opened during the pandemic. Because their name sounds like quarantine. Oh. Uh, and the answer is no, their name is Italian for 45, which is their address. And it's just a funny coincidence. So uh, maybe that's the same thing with Quadraneros. He's just like, yeah. oh, that's, it's, in my language, that means fort face. It doesn't matter to me that in English, with a language I don't speak, it means four. Yeah. Um, anyway, well, he blows up. Uh, Anakin, his ship wouldn't start, and it was like really embarrassing, but then it gets going. And then he is an awesome racer, and he does cool racing stuff. And uh, so Bulba, like tries to sabotage the ship in the beginning. Like, that's why he didn't start. Oh, that's right. No, 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 that's in the middle of the race. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Then he like takes up a stick and fixes it. Which is so he, cool. It's cool. He's a good racer. He does a good job. Uh, he does a cool. All handed to him. He's a good racer. <laughs> he does a cool like um kind of like you know when Neo runs up a wall and flips backwards over Agent Smith. Yeah. He like, does one of those yeah. over Sabalba. Um, he wins the race. It's a genuinely thrilling sequence. Yeah. It's just really skip ahead. Yeah. Sorry, I don't mean to underplay it because just skip ahead and this is not exactly. The problem is that you can do that, right? Like the problem is it's an amazing sequence. It's probably the best sequence of the movie or maybe the second best sequence, and it is totally irrelevant. Totally irrelevant. Like what's important is he wins the race. Yeah, he wins which the race. Which means they get the part they needed. Which means he gets the they needed. And, he, get, the and he gets Anakin, and then the mom is like, I'm going to you know, stay here, and you be strong, and you go with them. Um, and then there's like a realization by Anakin, and I'm going to segue here to a little bit of research. We're basically in the original conception of this idea. Uh, George Lucas had him as 12, and then he thought, I'm going to change him to 9 because so much of his character development is like being separated from his mom. And then I'm going to segue back and talk about how bad uh, the young actor who plays Anakin is and how that is supposed to be like the crux of which like the turn of Anakin Skywalker over this course of these six movies, like all comes back to that. It is not well done. Uh, as the far kid, as the like, he doesn't sell anything at all. No, there's and, no inner life. And honestly, he seems well adjusted and happy. Yeah. And, and when the Jedi are like, you're afraid or you have anger, it's like, okay, like he's afraid. He's like a thousand miles away from his mom. It's not an unusual level of fear or anger yes. in this kid. Like there's yeah. nothing off. He seems yeah. just like a good kid. And probably that's somewhat on performance and someone on writing. Yeah. But like the fact uh, that like he purposely changed it from 12 to nine, because like nine would be a much tougher separation. Like he should have been like screaming and Qui-Gon should have been dragging him away because like he knew this was what was best for him and his mom wanted it, but it was like traumatic. And instead she's like, don't look back. He's like, you got it, mommy. I'm going to put on my backpack and go with this guy. And like, yeah. that's basically what happens. Um, so quick, quick aside on your aside in the first half of this episode, I mentioned that in Indiana Jones, George Lucas wanted Marion to be like a lot younger. And there was going to be like an implication that, 
Indy had a relationship with a 12 year old girl. And I was like, you know what? I should probably cite a source yeah. <laughs> for that accusation. Source. I did. Um, it's basically the, uh, George Lucas, Steven Spielberg and Lawrence Kasdan like went to a cabin in the woods because George Lucas had this idea and he wanted to workshop it with them. And they recorded the whole thing. And then there's a transcript of it that you can read. And it's unbelievable. Um, like the creative process at work, but there's this back and forth. Um, uh, bah, bah, bah. Uh, okay, so they wanted to cast an actress in her 20s. So then um, it raises some logic. Okay, Lucas, he could have known this little girl when she was just a kid, had an affair with her when she was 11. Cast him, and he was 42? <laughs> Lucas, he hasn't seen her in 12 years. Now she's 22. It's a real strange relationship. Spielberg, she had better be older. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. So like, George. That's not George Lucas condoning that behavior. I want to be really clear. I'm not saying that George Lucas is a pedophile or anything bad. It's he's, I think he's he's saying like it's a strange relationship. I also think it's not fair to be like in the creative brainstorming process. He said something crazy, and let's read into it anything about his character as a person. Uh, but it is funny and that is a real exchange. <laughs> oh yeah, speaking of speaking of on this topic, since we're already we're already here. Um, did you know that um, Michael Jackson really wanted to play Jar Jar Binks? <laughs> Wait. This is a true thing. That's not a that's joke. That's not a joke? That's not a joke. I thought it was like story. a Professor X reference. I was, I was trying to look this up. No, 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 it's not. Um, apparently, Ahmed Best said this. Ahmed Best, who plays uh, Jar Jar Binks. Yeah, while you're there. looking this up, I, I, I feel a little bad um, ripping on Jar Jar Binks, uh, only because like, Ahmed Best like contemplated suicide because people hated his character so much. Um, but you know, he seems in a better place now. So we're just gonna carry on telling. Yeah. You so so uh, he told Vice in an interview that uh, apparently he met Michael Jackson and Michael Jackson was like a little short with him. Uh, and George asks uh, George about it, and he's like, "Yeah, Michael really wanted to do the part, but he wanted to do it in prosthetics and makeup, like Thriller, and George wanted to do it in CGI." So Michael Jackson didn't get the part, uh, which is just, crazy. I mean, yeah, it is crazy. And just to, so in this case, Michael Jackson would have been a much worse Professor X. Yeah. He would have been a much better Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. He was like, Misa Jar Jar Binks. In makeup and prosthetics though, it, yeah. I can imagine it would have worked. <laughs> Why was Michael Jackson trying to be in all these like early 2000s movies? He was a, he, well, I mean, there's, he's definitely was a nerd. And into the sort of like yeah. nerdy, kid-oriented entertainment. But it's it's like that. it's the same thing, right? He's like, it's like when he said he wanted to be Professor X. Like you know, he's like an old bald white guy. He's like, I could put on prosthetics. Like that was like his pitch for every movie. He's <laughs> just like, I'll put on prosthetics. Like, In this case, movie. it would have been better with prosthetics. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Okay, so the parties, they take Anakin. His mom is like, go for it. He's like, will I ever see, will I ever see, you, will again? I ever see you again? What do you think? Like, I think so. Yes. Okay. Bye. I was like, this is good to see. I mean, I don't know about you, but that is how I had all of my phone calls with my parents. <laughs> my heartstrings. By the way, another not a movie. Every time a movie wants me to cry, I cry. And that scene wanted me to cry. I don't think it did. You don't think it did? No. I mean, I've never had any emotional reaction to that scene. I know, but I think, again, I believe that according to George Lucas, that's supposed to be like a very important scene for like the origin story of Anakin Skywalker, which should be whatever. <sighs> okay. So take Anakin. I should want you to cry. I just like, I can't figure out in any way that that scene is trying to make you cry. Right. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. So they get the piece, they go to the ship. Oh, Darth Maul shows up. Uh, and then they're like, who is that guy? And then they like, fly the ship over Qui Gon, and Qui Gon like, jumps away from him. Yep. And then they fly. Cool. Okay. Cool. Well, like, and this is where you well, no, hold on. So then they're on the ship, and uh, there's a very pivotal scene where uh, Handmaid and Amidala and Anakin have a moment where Anakin goes, 
He's like, huh, huh. she's like, what's wrong, Annie? He's like, I'm cold. She's like, well, of course you are. Your planet had two suns. Here's a blanket. And then they go to the planet. Uh, so. She goes, two from that planet from Star Wars. The other one's two suns? Yeah. Uh, so you see like some beginnings of their relationship there. I don't know. It wasn't like Carter, little totem. Oh, yeah. And she's like, I, and he's like, this is, this so is you remember me. Yeah, he's like, I remember me. Yeah, and then he's just like, I don't need to remember you. We're going to be in love in the next movie. Um, and so then they yeah, go to the Senate. This is where some Senate talk started, and I started nodding off to like, uh, stop the movie. Actually, I, I did get through most of it. I didn't, I can't follow it. Um, she's like on the Senate floor, and she's trying to make the case. Some guy gets voted off the council, and they need to replace him with somebody. Yeah, so, so, like, so we'll talk player. about this in more detail later, because it's actually really important to one of my main criticisms of the movie. But basically, um, uh, the Chancellor of the Senate, Chancellor Delorum, um, uh, she makes a vote of no confidence in him. Yeah, and nominates, and then Senator Palpatine gets nominated. So, right. so basically, the whole uh, point of this movie. But, but she's like, there's an attack, and the Trade Federation is like, you have no evidence of an attack. And this other group is like, I agree with the Trade Federation. If we're going to launch an investigation, we first need to get evidence of an attack. We'll set up a commission to get evidence, which is like kind of a funny bit about effective yes, democratic right. politics yes. and bureaucracy can be. Um, yes. Which is fine. It's like it's actually fine. So the whole thing with this movie is that essentially you have uh, Palpatine slash Darth Sidious, and he is doing two parallel things, right? He has become a Sith Lord uh, who trained Darth Maul as his apprentice, and so he's trying to like, bring back a Sith, and he's also trying to gain control of the Senate so he can have like both like evil power and then just like the Republican evil power. Right. And why not um, like, Darth, stop trying to make Sith happen. <laughs> yeah. And so basically like he's engineering this or like he's trying to like act like a nice Senator man who will help uh, Naboo. And so he wa he really wants her to vote for him. That's like the whole thing, right? Because once he gets the power, he can be like the powerful chancellor. Uh, so that's like the whole idea. <clears throat> okay, then I, I turn it off and went to sleep. When I turn it back on this morning, it opens with a scene of Natalie Portman looking like wistfully out the window, Darth Vader walking over to her and going, "You think thinking you some people are gonna die?" And that was the first scene I saw. I'm like, "Oh my god, this movie!" <laughs> like she's like concerned about her people, and this like slapstick guy comes up and says a really stupid line. And then um, he says, "We still have a grand army." Yeah. Misa thinks that's why you're not liking us so much. Yeah. Uh, so then he says that, and she's like, "There's too much red tape here. I'm gonna go back to my planet and save my people." And everyone's like, "That's not suicide. You're like, they're just gonna force you to sign the treaty, and you don't want to do that." Right. Um, she's like, I have a plan. I have a plan. So the plan is. She's gonna make a treaty with the uh, Gungans, Gungans, yeah. And uh, while she, and then uh, sacrifice all of them while she sneaks into the palace because there's gonna be a big war, and she uh, takes the chancellor. I don't know the, the, the viceroy. Sorry, mm -hmm. viceroy. It's, it's like uh, the story of uh, Joseph and this movie. Right? The only time I've ever heard the term viceroy. Um, so she, that's that's the plan. She, um, she, they send them all into the battlefield, and oh, first they, they're like, uh, go find the Gungans. They're like, you said, you said. <laughs> okay, so the Gungans go do war with the droids, and then oh, they, uh, wait, they promote Jar to the rank of general. Yeah, Jar is leading all of the troops in battle <laughs> as a general. Yep. It's so important to know. Then they go free all the pilots so they can do a uh, attack on the blockade uh, okay. because they do they want to blow up that thing or is that incidental? Like is the plan to blow it up and stop all the droids? So so here's the problem. Okay, so we're gonna pause right here because the problem with this plan is not that it's a bad plan, is that the movie never explains the plan. They're, like right. they they say, like, you're going to make a distraction with this battle, we're gonna sneak in and capture the Viceroy. Meanwhile, our ships are gonna go up there and disable the whatevers, right? So they do say that they're going to send the fighters up there to disable the droids okay. while this is happening, right? But the problem is they don't say how or how they know that or which ship they need to take out to destroy them because there's so many ships up there, right? And right. so at no point while you're watching it are you, like, tense about what's going to happen. Right. Because you just don't know what is supposed to happen. You don't know what success looks like. That's true. Yeah, uh, it's mm -hmm. a real problem in that sequence. Um, all three of the plans, you don't really know enough about why they should work or what yeah. they should look like when they do work to know if they're not working. Right. I think that's a fair criticism amongst many other potential criticisms of this yep. movie. Uh, okay, so they do the plan. The Gungans go. Jar Jar, as you said in the first half, does a bunch of pratfalls and like is really good at war. <clears throat> this does happen to the uh, Darth Jar Jar theory that I'm going to touch on briefly. Yep. Um, and uh, while that's happening, uh, Darth Maul shows up and then the Jedi chase him. It's Anakin to hide. He hides in a 
uh, ship with R2D2. He's like, as he also the first time, he's like, oh no, he's on autopilot. Oh no, what does this button do? Oh boy, this is bad. Let's do this. And then, like, that's what he's doing. And then uh, Amidala uh, goes and uh, takes control of the Viceroy. So that plan worked. And then they tell the Gungans to fall back because that was a distraction just to get control. And then Anakin crash lands into the giant uh, core that is powering all the things. And then he's like, what does this button do? And then he blows up the core. He's like, let's get out of here, R2. And then they fly out and they're like, who did that? Uh, and they're like, it was one of our ships. But we don't know. How do they sound when they say this? <laughs> Wait, no, these are the, these are the uh, are the, the fighter pilots. Oh, sorry, I thought it was the, the Nemodians are saying you didn't. No, no, no. Oh, the fighter okay. pilots are like, how did that happen? Was that one of us? We didn't blow it up. They're like, it was one of our ships. And despite myself, and I hate myself for this, when they saw the captain fly out, they're like, oh, we did it. And like my heart swelled a little bit. And I was like, God damn it. Um, it and, then, no reaction. and then all of the robots, you know, Jew. Uh, yeah. And there is. Wait, you got to be better sound. I'm pretty sure that's going to sound like you just said all of the robots, Jew. <laughs> all the robots, Jew. Um, and, uh, then, also despite myself, in very close proximity, only Dar Dar Lion I semi enjoyed is when the guy goes, Dar Dar, we can't give up. We have to find a, we have to find a way to, to defeat them. We'll find something. And then they're like, hey, Dar Dar, like, I give up. <laughs> Pretty funny. You don't, uh, you don't like the two times he says, how rude. Uh, those are my uh, honorable mention for favorite lines. Uh, or when the animal farts and he goes, Piusa. <laughs> uh, so he Anakin blows up the ship and then um, they win the war. I guess, and then you can, you can touch on the fight at all. There's a, there's a, there's a thrilling like oh yeah, yeah sorry sorry sorry. It's it's incredible incredible music in this right, game. so they're fighting, and he has a tool, the two uh, double-sided lightsaber, and then Qui Gon and um, Obi Wan are fighting him, and then Obi Wan gets like, knocked down a couple levels, and then Qui Gon is fighting him, and Obi Wan flies up, and then they uh, get stuck behind like those like laser things where like they protect like uh, jewels in um, in museums, mm-hmm. and, uh, and he can't entrapment under it like yeah, he the jewels. yeah, he couldn't like. <laughs> <Imagine>. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone can be like sliding under the lasers and like yeah. the camera's like zoomed in on his butt. <laughs> uh, so anyway, he's trapped. Qui Gon's like meditating, and then it opens, and then he runs and he fights him, and then Obi Wan runs and tries to get through, but then it comes again. It's like those like um those turnstiles trying to get into a building, and he like couldn't get through all of the doors. So and then he whatever uh, Qui Gon gets punched in the face and stabbed through the stomach, and Obi Wan screams no, and then uh, it's very effective. I, I, I love yeah, the whole sequence. It's a weird sequence. And Obi Wan is like stewing because he's stuck behind this door. And he comes in, and he goes really hard at uh, at Darth, Sidious, at Darth Maul, and then Darth Maul uh, knocks him down a shaft, but he's holding on to like a, a lot of people that knock down shafts in the Star Wars movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's hanging on, and then he Darth Maul is like hitting his lightsaber to make sparks to make him fall, which is like pretty funny. And then um, and then he like forces he forces he uses the force to. Uh, bring Qui-Gon's, oh, because his lightsaber falls on the shaft, he bring Qui-Gon's uh, lightsaber, and then he uh, flies up and chops him in half, and then Qui-Gon, uh, Darth Maul falls on the shaft, split in half, and then he's like, Master! And he's like, it's too late for me, you must train the boy. Oh, I missed the part where he goes and Anakin goes to the Jedi Council, and they're like, he's too old and too angry that he misses his mother, he can't be a Jedi. Um, and then uh, Obi-Wan goes back to Yoda, and he's like, I, I made a promise to Qui-Gon, and now I have to train him. And he's like, train him, you almost I, I, I do want to point out, I was exactly right about that sequence the first time, but they're literally like, they end that sequence with, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> yes. We'll circle yeah. back on this, that's what they yeah. say, they're like, they're like, okay, so we'll circle yeah. back in a week? Yes, that's what they do. Okay, I'll take and you then and then, then he, so he goes to Yoda, and Yoda's like, hey, I think bad idea this is. And then he's like, I made a promise, so screw you. And then he's like, well, the rest of the council agrees with you, do, or whatever. And so, like, he takes Anakin to be his... Uh, exactly what it did I this. Yes. And then, uh, so, oh, and then Palpatine is the new chancellor, and he shows up, and he's like, look what I've done for you, Naboo, and, and uh, Queen, like, aren't, aren't, aren't so great? And then some indeterminate amount of time passes, because uh, uh, Anakin has the cool um, ponytail and long ponytail, and then they go, orb, <laughs> the movie ends. Um... Actually, I was that was pretty good. Um, you did I mean, well. not, you, you not remember for the, the listener. This is a really long, and now people yeah. want to listen to two people solve the plot of this movie in excruciating detail. We spent an hour and 20 minutes in this episode recounting the plot. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I mean, okay, so you recounted the plot really, really well. Thank you. Uh, okay. What did you think of the movie? Okay, until uh, the fight sequence at the end... I legitimately thought this was the worst movie that we've done so far. And that at least like for the last like 40 minutes of the movie, it was like recognizable, like star Wars, like action. 
And then I was like, this is fun. And then it like bumped it above like like Mario because like the big the grand like fight sequence in Mario versus this, I think this gets the edge because like it's effective, it it works, and so like but genuinely until that last fight, hmm. I was like this is the worst movie we've done so far. This is so bad. Um, so it it bumped it up for me. I'm gonna stick with my five. I I can talk about all my issues with the movie, but I guess uh, you already knew you were gonna give it a six. Is there even yeah, a point? Yeah, I'm I'm still giving it a six. Uh, my my take is the movie is beautiful to look at. So like on a technical level, outside of the CGI that doesn't hold up, the movie is really beautiful to look at. When you're talking about the CGI that doesn't hold up, for the most part, it's all really well designed. It's just, it was made in 1996 or whatever. Like yeah. they were working on, when you look at the computers that they were working on, it's hard to imagine that they made anything yeah right because they look you know they're like those giant boxy like crt television computers like yeah uh, you're like like when we got our first computer in my house right they made like fully animated like 3d characters that look like something like forget about the fact that georgia doesn't look very good and he doesn't look integrated into the scene because there's all sorts of technical reasons for that like literally technology that exists now that didn't exist then yeah that makes Jar Jar possible. Um, and part of it is invented for this movie. And so there's all sorts of stuff like that. But like the movie always looks great. I think the action sequences generally are really well done. Um, yeah. So I think like the opening action sequence as well, where they're killing all those droids, like the way their lightsabers ignite in the gas looks really good. Yeah. Uh, going through the ship, you're like, oh, okay, there's like some stakes here. They're playing the danger of it. Uh, the pod race is great. The final lightsaber battle is great. Naboo looks great, but is nothing. Uh, Overall, I think the movie looks great. The music's obviously amazing. The performances are pretty bad across the board. Mm -hmm. Uh, The story is nonsensical in a lot of parts. Yeah. And Uh, it's it's a really interesting swing. I still like, I can't get over the fact that, like, it is an interesting choice i just wish okay a lot of rambling here's my actual main criticism i wrote it down because i didn't want to do it i just did uh i wrote down like the bullet points. well congratulations you did it anyway and i get to do both things um so the first thing is there's very few characters actually play stakes in this movie so like obi-wan and qui-gon play the stakes of a lot of what's happening and that's why the darth maul fight's really good you said that like when anakin blew up the ship you you kind of cheered he he never plays the stakes of that moment when he's up there he flying. No, that's, like he, that's the thing is he plays everything off like, I'm just a nine-year-old kid who doesn't know what I'm doing. And so like... Right. It's just plucky. Yeah. Um, so there's no... It feels... It deflates the tension of the sequence. Like even the pod race, which I love, he doesn't play the stakes a ton. He just doesn't talk a ton. So it's much better. The, the other thing is this movie feels like a sequence of things that happen as opposed to anything that happens for any reason. Yes. Um, and most of the world feels like it doesn't continue existing as soon as the Jedi leave. Like part of what's so cool about Star Wars, the original, is that you felt like you were actually watching a video from another place where you're like, oh my God, Tatooine is like the craziest place I've ever seen. Like the cantina is unbelievable. Like all of those creatures, I want to know everything about them. And that's why like Daniel Dweck has this book 
in his library. Is that your? Is that the one? This is the Star Wars role playing game from 1996. That's but a like, nice game from your with your mom. Yeah, yeah, it's actually really rad. I was looking at it before we started. Um, it's got like fake advertisements in it. This is a bit of an aside, but like uh, there was one that I just saw a second ago. I showed it to Megan, and she was like, "If we ever have a, if any of our kids ever want to play a game like this, you can play with them." Uh, so here's an advertisement for a four-week Grand Galactic tour, and it's like you can go visit Tatooine, and then Endor, and then the Kuari Prince capital ship, and all the different locations. Like, and it's like said as like a travel brochure. Anyway, this book rules. Point is, <laughs> you watch that movie, and you're like, I want to know everything about this world. You watch all of those movies. You just you want to know about every background character, every sequence. You're like, this is a real place, and it feels like this movie went there to shoot. Um, in in this movie, like they land on Tatooine, and the first shop they go into is Watto Shop. They go down to the Gungan City, and it's all just flat platforms, and they just walk directly into the chamber where Boss Nass is sitting with all of his friends, and he's like, "Yep, we'll give you a ship." Like, what does Boss Nass do as soon as the Jedi leave the room? There's nothing to that space. Right. It doesn't feel like a place that exists, um, and I think that that's consistently true in this movie where it just feels like a bunch of stuff happens to set up the next thing that needs to happen. Yeah. Which is the uh, issue I think with the whole like setup of this movie, my issue yeah. is so piggybacking off of that. My issue is like, and I, and I said this like, as I was recounting the plot of like, okay, like Palpatine is like trying to set up these like dual tracks, but like when the original trilogy opens, the movie's called Star Wars, and there are, like, wars happening, right? There's, like, the, the Rebellion, and there's, like, the Galactic Empire, and, like, they're building the Death Star, and, like, there's a war happening, right? Like, this is such small stakes to, like, so, make I think, a... I think that that's I, okay, I, though. I, here's I why I think it's, it's kind okay. of I a think, missed I, opportunity. I think the interesting parallel is this is another one of those movies that is a pre 9-11 movie that when you take the full arc of these three movies, you're like, how is this a pre 9-11 movie? Because this movie is about a senator leveraging fear and war to consolidate more and more power into himself as an individual. And like as movies go on, it becomes even more clear that it is directly a George Bush commentary. Like, that's not a question. That's not something George Lucas has ever denied. Like he's very anti-war. This is like fully a commentary on the United, like not this movie, because obviously this movie happened before 9-11, but the following movies are very much a commentary on the U.S.'s war on terror and the war in Iraq. Right. And like this movie is laying the groundwork for that. Like it is fully saying like, how do you get to a play? How do you get from He's he's basically saying like, how does democracy die? It dies like this. And that is a really interesting political it's commentary an in idea, but the world's biggest blockbuster. There's no stakes in this movie. Right. So I think is, I think from an ex, like I think no one plays any stakes. And I think the real problem is not just that there are no stakes. Here's my question for you. I'm assuming you don't remember the next two movies. No. What is Chancellor Palpatine's plan in this movie? Like to be to become chancellor, like to get from okay. senator to chancellor. 
Why did he send Darth Maul to kill Amidala? Right. That undermined, right? Because he wanted her to like make him chancellor, right? And, and, but did and he, send, but does he send Darth Maul to kill Amidala? I thought he just sends her, him to kill uh, the Jedi. He does. He says kill Amidala there. And there's a reason, which is basically he's like, oh, wait, if Amidala gets killed, that will get me even more sympathy as the chancellor. It, but he it does it never says that in any of the movies. Right. Like it's not a thing that's ever said. This movie is has a character called Jar Jar Binks who only does pratfalls and like steps in poop and makes fart jokes. And I'm about to say these words. This movie is too subtle. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think not only is Palpatine, it too subtle. Palpatine's plan is so under the radar that as a viewer. When the movie ends and Padme wins and you see Chancellor Palpatine there, you're not like, is he upset that Padme won? Did that stymie his plan in any way? Because I genuinely don't know. And I've seen this movie a hundred times. And like, you should know. The viewer should know. Yeah. And And not only that. I think it could be about a trade blockade and it could be about a trade federation, but you need to be able to say like, I see the chess that's being played here and I understand the moves. I think he, I think I agree with you, but I also think that like you could, all the stakes could be higher, right? Like the trade blockade is like the first domino to fall. We could come in at like the next domino. Like he could already be, have been the, like, I don't know. I think there's just a way where like, because the whole, crux of this movie is like a trade blockade on a small planet that has of no greater significance to like anything like the only thing that comes out of this is he gets more power so it's not like a larger like galactic issue which i just think like that's kind of what these movies yeah, remember tend to he be also about. initiated the trade blockade <clears throat> right i'm saying like they're doing the like, trade blockade because he told them to like, that could have been the crawl, right? Like, he did a trade blockade, and now he's a chancellor, and he's, like, about to bring, like, a whole, like, Nazi regime and, like, wipe out this whole planet. I, but even even short of making the movie into a different movie, because, like, generally, you're right, you could do that. I don't have a problem. Any movie can be about, like, Aaron Brockovich is a movie about, like, civil litigation, right? And, like, I turned that movie on a few weeks ago and literally couldn't stop watching it. The right. movie's so good. Well, actually, I was paralyzed. But no, literally, that movie is un- like it's incredibly watchable. That's just like a super compelling movie. Yeah, uh, and any movie can be about anything and be good. Right. So the, my other issue with this movie, my other major, major, major issue with this movie is that it is at once incredibly juvenile, and to your point, like so, like subtle, and it's like plot and plot machinations and -hmm. like to have Jar Jar Binks and Anakin both just like just saying dumb kid stuff the entire movie as like you're supposed to like smile at that and find it endearing and that's like how everything is presented to you and then in the background you have this guy like you're trying to like do these like subtle like power moves it's like is this movie for kids because the kids I guarantee when you saw it for the first time 
And when I saw it for the first time, like we did not understand anything Palpatine was doing, which is actually like the more important thing than like yeah. Jar Jar and Anakin doing bits. No, you're and saying so, like, you're saying the problem. I, like the movie, even though it has Jar Jar Binks in it, it is somehow too subtle. Um, but it's also and like it's not even it's just like Jar Jar. combination. It's not even just Jar Jar. Like putting aside the Pratt falling jokes, like it is basically every character, all the expositional dialogue is explaining what you should be thinking at any given time. So right. it's like, we can't land on Tatooine. The Huts are gangsters. The, the queen can't be near those gangsters. They're gangsters. Gangsters are bad, right? Like in the original movie, you established that Tatooine was scary more directly. And in this movie, they're like, no, we're going to explain it to you. The Huts are gangsters. Right. So that's my other issue with this movie is it feels, this is probably true for a lot of sequels, but it feels reverse engineered to service every reference from the originals you know, but like, oh, remember the job of the hut? Like, let's the huts are gangsters. Like, like everything feels mm-hmm. reverse engineered, and it shows, and it's not compelling. But my point about it being too subtle is like, like a movie like like Michael Clayton or something could oh, be too so subtle, good. but you know the whole time the level it's playing at, and so you have to like lean in and try to like yeah. pick up those subtleties. Right here, you have like Jar Jar Binks and Anakin just like being stupid and like young it's like it seems no, like and, and characters constantly explaining things to you yeah and yeah. then yeah so like it's i just it executionally it's just so poor um and yeah, the other piece shock. of it and the other piece of it is like this movie is like a movie that seems to try to have its cake and eat it too and like for some reason like it has no cake and can't eat it like because also the i was reading like the whole point of it is like over the course of the six movies now is actually supposed to be like the arc of Anakin Skywalker, right? Mm-hmm. And there's no nothing established about Anakin Skywalker as a character in this movie. So like you don't get the establishment of like young Anakin and like his first introduction to becoming a good Jedi or that we see maybe he could end up being a bad guy. Like none of that happens. You don't understand anything Palpatine's doing and then you just have like stupidity on top of it. And so like it's, I understand every beat of what he was trying to do. And it feels like he failed on like every level, which is like kind of crazy. But okay. So, so we're being, we're being very, I think we're being very hard on the movie, which is fair because it's not a good movie, but I also think there's, there's some interesting ways in which he is successful and they're, they're not necessarily the ways you would think. Like we're all talking about how Jar Jar Binks is not successful, right? No one likes Jar Jar Binks. And he says he's his favorite character. I think he's just doing that to fuck with me. Without Jar Jar Binks, there's no Thanos. You don't get what? Avatar without Jar Jar Binks. You just these are fully CGI characters. They don't exist oh, if Jar Jar Binks doesn't exist first. So like to the extent of like, was George Lucas successful in ushering in an era of like digital filmmaking and CGI action? One hundred percent. Like not even a question. But you don't this think other people were thinking about that at this time? Not at this budget and at this level. This is the first, as far as I know, Jar Jar is like the first fully CGI supporting character in a movie. Yeah, uh, sorry, I'm just I'm just shaking my head. Just not because I like I don't think it's an accomplishment, just because like it's such a shame that like that's what they put it towards. No, I know. Uh, it's it's a bold technical idea. I also think the fact is like these movies, the prequels, they they they're not good, but they justify thinking about them. 
right? Because there is, there's a there there. Like there is an authorial intent. Like he is trying to say something. Which yes, is, but I, that's what I think makes it all the more frustrating. Like low praise, yeah, uh, for sure. Uh, the other thing I'll say that I think is really interesting in the the sort of like auteur theory, and I think it's reasonable to take the auteur theory here and talk about George Lucas as the auteur of Star Wars, even though obviously a ton of people work on them and like to have valuable contributions. But like you think about the two movies, this movie and the original Star Wars, and the main characters are. And where George Lucas was in his life at that time. And it's really interesting to think about, like, when George Lucas made Star Wars, he was a young filmmaker. His He was, um, the story that he told Kathleen Kennedy when she bought Star Wars, she asked him, like, where was he at the time? And he was like, you know, I, my, my parents owned, uh, I think his parents owned like a hardware store. Uh, and I just knew that I didn't want to be in the hardware store. I thought there was like a bigger life for me. Uh, and... I so he's wanted like, to go out and do it. And it's just like, okay, that's Luke Skywalker. Like Luke right. Skywalker, he's a moisture farmer. He watches the twin sons of Tatooine. He wants to experience more of life. Like, And then you write a character who gets sucked into an adventure in that scenario. And then you come back to George Lucas. Three movies later, he's like George Lucas. He's the man. He created, he's a fat like, cat. He created the biggest blockbuster in movie histories. He's completely changed the game. 1999, this is the most anticipated movie ever. What's he going to do? Right, and there's all this pressure on him. You're the chosen one. You're going to be the greatest. You have the most midi chlorians of any director <laughs> ever, right? And it's like, what's this movie about? It's about a kid who's like thrust into this. Like he's just a happy-go-lucky kid. He just wants to do this, but there's all this pressure on him to be great. And can he cope with all this pressure to be great? It's kind of an interesting angle to view these movies through. I don't necessarily think it's intentional. And obviously, the Anakin arc is the part of this movie that works the least. Yeah as an arc because he doesn't play an arc he just plays a happy-go-lucky kid who becomes yeah, a jedi yeah i'm but curious to see cool. the next two movies like i know hayden christensen is bad and i know that the movies aren't necessarily good but i'm curious like as far as like an arc of where he goes because he there's so nothing there here i'm curious to see that again because I, I really i'm watching this again i don't know that i've seen it since i saw it the first time in theaters like i really genuinely i'm not sure i have um, but yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't very good. I think there's there, I agree. It's, it's fun to talk about. I think it's fun to talk about more because there is a good body of work to compare it to. And then you could try to see how he was trying to get from point A to point B and you can kind of tear it apart on those grounds. But I also think on it, on its own viewed as a independent, piece of filmmaking it's not very good as far as yeah. like what it's trying to do well the other thing is a lot of the craft is really good right like yeah. the sets look incredible like the trade federation ship this is like my first note the trade federation set i think looks awesome um yeah uh, no it, it looks there's it a lot looks of really good, good it looks like, like star wars yeah look there's a lot of stuff that doesn't hold up in that like i don't want to say continuity because it all holds up in continuity but in that like vibe continuity yes where you're yeah. just like, hmm, the vibes between these movies are very different. Like, when you watch the original Star Wars and it's the Empire and the Rebellion, you're like, oh, this Empire's been here forever. Like, this is a thousand-year Reich. That's what it feels like. Right. Right? And then when you watch this movie, you're like, wait, so the Emperor has been the Emperor for 30 years? Yeah. And actually, not even, because he becomes the Emperor at the end of Revenge of the Sith when Luke is born, and Luke is 19 at the beginning of the first movie. So... The Empire 
in the first movie is 19 years old. Right. And they've been like crushed under the boot of the empire for so long. It's like, right. It right. doesn't, it, but you, nothing says that explicitly and nothing establishes that as wrong. And I, to be clear, I think it's fine. Like, I think if that's the avenue of the storytelling you want to take, like, but you're right. Again, then I it creates like a vibe shift. Yeah. There's just a vibe shift that happens with this movie and it's not as consistent whether or not you can explain it in lore. It just feels inconsistent. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, which is fine. Like, I think it's actually totally fine. Like, this is my I Rocky Four right. thing, right? Like, Rocky Four is also a vibe shift, right? And it's it's what the storyteller wanted to tell at that time. George Lucas wanted to tell this story at that time, right? And like I said in the first half, I don't begrudge the guy. He made a billion dollars. I just don't think he made the best movie he could. And he made a solid movie. It's a six. Uh, there, set my score. It's a, it's six. a five. Yeah, a honestly, five. I think I actually gave it a five in Letterboxd. But I was yeah. like, I'm just going to stick with six because it's a five. It's not very good. Um, it somehow, against all odds, makes me want to just finish the trilogy because, like, I don't think I've watched it in a really long time. It's like X Men. Yeah. It just makes you want to watch more. But wait, don't because we got to save them for future partial recaps. Yeah, I do remember like, not the last. Week. I do actually remember the uh, the fight uh, with Obi Wan and and uh, you're like, I have the upper ground, and he's like, Bruh. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, not very good. The one thing I that I noticed rewatching it is that I really don't think I've watched it again since I saw it in theaters somehow. Um, so I, for that reason, I guess I, I was I'm glad it's probably too strong of a word, but uh, mm -hmm. it was interesting revisiting it. Um, okay. Looks like Star Wars. My notes are, I have very few notes, but they're all exasperated. So I said, even the crawl is boring. I almost fell asleep just reading it. Uh, that was my first note. My second note is, why do they talk like this? That was in... Uh, uh, <laughs> Jar Jar? I don't even know who it was. It could have been Jar Jar. It could have been the <laughs> other aliens. Yeah. could have been like um, Qui-Gon and, uh, and Obi-Wan <laughs> talking to each other. It really could have been anything. Um, uh, it doesn't work. Yeah. Well, the, the, um, here's a... Did you note that um, when R2 saves the ship... And Natalie, uh, Kira Knightley is the queen on the ship at this point. Mm -hmm. And she says, like, thank you, R2-D2. Um, we should take this droid to be cleaned. She makes Padme, who is yes. the queen, yep. scrub the droid. Very strange. Do you think she gets off on that? Like, <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Wait, the, oh, the other uh, big note I had is Anakin is, is <clears throat> Jesus. His mom was impregnated oh, by, by midichlorian cells. Like, Did I not say that in the first half? I don't think so. No, that's a huge omission. Yeah. He's an immaculate conception. He was birthed by the, they by call him a virgins in the force. A virgin, like V-I-R-G-I-N. Well, he's nine years old. That's why George Lucas made him nine years old. He's like, if he's 12 years old, he can't be a virgins. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I did not know that. Uh, and because like, then he like explains what midichlorians are. And so, like, a bunch of midichlorians just, like, knocked up his mom. Like, is that the idea? Like, he's, like, floating cell things? Like, very strange. Very, very strange. And then also, like, so, like, you said, like, he built C-3PO. So then he just, like, leaves him? And then it's just, like, yeah. a coincidence that, that he ends up this, with, I don't even know how C-3PO. No, like, you got to watch the next movie. Figure okay. out how C-3PO gets there. <clears throat> okay, fine. Uh, um, here's Here's a... Can I read another one of my notes? Now we're just doing the part where we randomly read our notes. Yeah. Well, can I ask uh, one question, though, before you read your note? Because you, yep. you'll know the answer to this. So now knowing 
that R2-D2 and C-3PO both had connections to Darth Vader. Like, is that acknowledged in yeah. the... In the, okay. in the later movies, they... In the laziest way possible, and they have a character go, wipe the droids' minds. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, no. Basically, they do like what you do at the beginning of this podcast, where you're like, I'm just restarting my computer, but actually you're completely changing your operating system. Yeah. You do that at the end of Revenge of the Okay, but, oh, but, but, me, um, but again, that was, that's all a prequel thing. In movies four, five, and six, it is not... Well, there's a question about whether or not R2-D2 does. And the fun thing is you never actually know what R2-D2 says in any of the movies. So it's possible right, so that it's like, like, hey, that's Anakin. He built you, man. And C-3PO yeah. is like, I don't know what he's going on about. But you don't know what he said. Um, this is this is my favorite note from my notes. Uh, in the first half of the podcast, Yishai says, I really cannot for the life of me figure out how Anakin and Amidala connect. Honestly, I'm not 100% George Lucas ever figured it out either. <laughs> I said that or you said that? I said that. Yeah, uh, that's true. Um, uh, I wrote here, I was listening to the first half, you call it, You say that Natalie Portman wears kabuki makeup, and then I just wrote in my notes, I believe in the fiction of this movie, it would be called nabuki makeup. Oh, good one. Yep. I like yep. it. Uh, da, da, da. Right, and then the other thing is, I, uh, I remember I said in the first half that I'm always excited to watch episode one. And the truth is, I am always excited to watch episode one. And then about 20 minutes in, I'm like, oh, my God, this movie is so fucking boring. Like, <laughs> every time. I like the opening sequence. And then I'm just like, oh, my God, this oh, movie yeah. has ground to a halt. Like, <laughs> um, I have I have a few more notes. I don't know if they're any good. You can probably cut them. Uh, there's a line that I wrote in here where I where I note that Anakin legitimately sounds like the push-button toy of himself. Yes. He says... Master, sir, I heard Yoda talking about midi-chlorians. I've been wondering, what are midi-chlorians? He literally sounds like a, like a toy. Yeah, like, it sounds like someone is pulling a string on his back and he's just saying lines. Uh, maybe we saw being friends. That's my favorite <laughs> line of the movie. Uh, okay, so then I have, I have a note that's not from this movie. Okay. Um, which is that in the last movie, I forgot to mention, I believe I forgot to mention that in the... Uh, uh, James Cameron produced Catherine Bigelow directed version of the X-Men Bob Hoskins was going to play Wolverine what wouldn't that have been amazing no it would have been insane like a short fat bald Wolverine yeah I think I think I think Wolverine is canonically short I can just see like Bob like a tiny Bob Hoskins trying to swing his like his things around and then like no, everyone's just laughing at him. No, that okay, would have been. So I'm just gonna throw this out there. According to Marvel's official records, Wolverine stands at five three and weighs three hundred pounds, largely because he has an adamantium skeleton. But still, uh, yeah, yeah, he's, he's only like five three. Jet. He's only five three. That's funny. Actually, it would have been really funny to like, uh, to yeah, that would have been really funny. This is. I can't believe new... I forgot to mention it. That was so this annoying is... to me. That's really yeah. I will segue back to this episode. In maybe a slightly uh, okay. crass way. Uh, did you notice that uh, Willow was uh, watching uh, the pod race uh, with Watto? Yeah, because he's also one of the Ewoks, Warwick Davis. He's one of the. What do you mean? He's like, the, in the in the in Return of the Jedi, Warwick Davis plays the Ewoks in like makeup. Like yeah, it's not him. It's not, Yes, one of the Ewoks is it's not like there are a bunch of teddy bears and then there's Warwick Davis like hanging out with them. I know people saying it like, yeah, like that's the, he's, it's not him from the movies. It's just the same actor. Because like George Lucas Correct. likes it. 
This is like our conversation about the senator and executive decision. He's not like he's not like an Ewok who like took off his like bear hood for like this to watch the race. Oh, like, correct, it's, correct. It's a different it's a, character. Yes, it's a different character. That was what I was trying to say. Um, uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I got yeah. nothing else. That's the end of my uh, notes. My, my last note is that um, Natalie Portman looks cool in all of the Prince, in all of the like Queen Amidala makeup. Mm-hmm. Kira Knightley looks like a reject from Tim Burton's Alice in Wonderland in all of the sequences where she's in the crazy makeup, especially in the last one where she's got like the, the two buns of hair. She yeah. looks like the white queen or whatever. Yeah, I can see that. Um, Natalie uh, Portman looks incredibly young in this movie. She is. I think she's very, so she's very like young. She's like 16 or 17 in this movie. Yeah. Um, um, Ewan yeah. McGregor also looks very young in this movie. Yeah, um, he was also like 16 or 17. No, he was yeah. Younger, but... um, okay. I know that you did not love the the new the, the first sequel and really didn't like the last sequel. I know you really I, liked the middle I one. Like, I like Force Awakens well enough. So taken together as a trilogy, I know the answer because I know you really like The Last Jedi, but like taken together as a trilogy, just out of curiosity, you would say definitively that that's a better trilogy than this. No, because of the last one. Interesting. I think I think if you're if you're saying like which of them has more good movies? It's the sequel trilogy. It has two. Right, no, movies. that's not what I'm asking. I'm asking as a three story. But arc. as like an arc, no. The the prequels, as much as they're nonsense, they're at least interesting to think about. Um, it, I don't think the sequel trilogy, because of how, in my opinion, terribly it ends, really warrants a lot of thought. Um, and I what think I think it's like, true of Force Awakens as well. Like I think Force Awakens sets a lot of interesting things up, but doesn't have that really interesting, like, there's an idea in the real world that I want to express through this movie. Right. Um, and then Ryan Johnson, in my opinion, does have that idea that he wants to express in The Last Jedi, and he starts to get at it. And then the third movie is like, oh, the fans were angry. I'm going to make a mess. Yeah, but what if uh, Kylo survived and then he could have been with Ray? Doesn't that make you think? doesn't it? Uh, Uh, All right. Yeah. Let's wrap this up. This is a very long episode. It is. We're going to have to do a lot of editing. And by we, I mean you. Yeah. Uh, Okay. So uh, it's my pick for next movie, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. I had a a lot of options, but because I've talked about it so much, uh, I want to do Die Hard 2. Taking uh, uh, Samuel L. Jackson, who is the carryover, and we're going to talk about Die Hard 2, which I've said repeatedly is like one of my main movies as a kid, and I've been thinking about it, and I have a lot to say about it, so I'm excited to get into that episode. I am too. I, I'm excited to rewatch that movie because I definitely have seen it. I remember what Samuel L. Jackson's character does, uh, but I definitely won't be able to differentiate my memories between that and Die Hard 1. Right. Uh, right. And also randomly gremlins. Um, that is, oh. they're, those two movies—they're locked in my brain together, and we'll talk about that more <laughs> next week. Okay, uh, that's a very good teaser. I'm really uh, excited for that. Hello, and welcome to the fifteenth episode of Partial Recall, or hopefully the first one that anyone should actually listen to. Uh, 
my name is Daniel. I'm one of the hosts. I'm here with my friend Yishai, the other of the hosts. Yishai, why don't you tell the people what this podcast is about? Uh, this podcast is about movies that we've seen as kids that we only sort of remember. So in the first half of the episode, we try to recreate the plot from memory, and then we break, go watch the movie, and then we come back, we talk about what we got right, what we got wrong, and if the movie held up. And as we've been going along, we've also been kind of trying to determine which of these movies that we sensibly all feel were important to our childhood uh, should we introduce to our children to see if they will be important to their childhood. And some of them have held up and some of them have not. Yep. Namely, Hook. Hook. And, and, and Star Wars. Star Wars course. held up exactly what we expected. Right. We both actually nailed that one. It was exactly what we thought it was going to be. I think that this one's... I, I haven't seen this one in a really long time. I suspect this one is canonical for you as yeah, a, very, coming in. So what movie yeah. are we talking about? Okay, so this week we're talking about Die Hard 2. I've really talked about this movie as like the genre of movie that is a hard R for violence and some language. Um, yeah, my expectation is that this is going to be like the Star Wars episode where I'm going to be like, I remember this, and you're going to be like, okay, here's exactly what happens in the movie. So on that. Okay, so this movie was very canonical to me as a child. I watched it a bunch of times. I remember exactly where I watched it. I remember exactly who I watched it with. I remember the th why I really liked it. The really crazy thing. Can I say something? Can I reveal something that I believe I just found out? Yeah. So remember, how did you connect this movie to the last one? Samuel L. Jackson? He's not in this movie? <laughs> Is he not? We're going to have to scrap this whole thing. No, I saw it on IMDb. He said Die Hard with a Vengeance. Oh. <laughs> That I don't remember how his character. <laughs> oh my god! I said I don't know how his character fits oh. in this movie. I don't remember him. And you're like, I do. Oh um, my god! Oh my Wait, god! Wait, what do we do? I think we have to scrap this. No, I think and... we have to do it. And... <laughs> um. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Uh. Okay. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, okay. So uh, it's my pick for next movie, right? Yeah, it is. So uh, the connection I'm going to make to Star Wars Episode One, <laughs> which was intended the whole time, um, I'm going to go from Kira Knightley uh, to Pirates of the Caribbean, the original first one. Uh, before we knew that Johnny Depp was uh, Johnny, I, you know. Yeah, well, don't make it about Johnny Depp. Isn't Samuel L. Jackson in this also? <laughs> <laughs> Why are there so many pirates on this boat? Uh, that's his famous line. Um, yeah, okay. We're going to do <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you.